his favorite things in the world, I'll tell you, one, the the yarn wall. That makes sense, right? Like, a lot of colors, patterns oh, yeah. all over the place. Lee's got a whole big colorful wall of yarn. He's obsessed with that. The other thing is a, the ceiling fan. I don't know what it is. Anywhere in the room, he'll tilt his head, look up at the ceiling fan, and he'll just stare at it for like a half an hour. He's the easiest kid to impress of all time. <laughs> I'm not going to have to buy him anything for any of his birthdays. I'm not going to have to, you know, take him out and do any extracurriculars. I'm just going to be like, he's going to be like seven. He's going to be like, what, what, what should I do tonight? And I'll be like, get on your back. Look at the ceiling fan, buddy. The old classic. I had them installed in every room in the house. Every closet's got a ceiling fan now. Yeah. In fact, if the foundation broke away from the ground, we'd float up into the sky. We have so many <laughs> ceiling fans. Just for you, kiddo. Yeah. Get get a Just ceiling fan you. printed on a red uh, cape so I can hold it out and it'll charge at it like a bull. There you go. Yeah, great idea. Well, I'm glad that the kid's excited about something. It seems like he's been giving you a hard time, Blink, but I'm, I'm glad he gave you permission to podcast again here tonight. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, he, he was, was kind enough to let me. I mean, you know what? Maybe we'll bring him on as a co-host sometime. He'd, he'd be riveting, I think. We'll I think make so. Make some good conversation. Yeah, he's probably got a top... He's loading up top five ceiling fans. He'll have that ready to go in no time. You'd think he'd have a, a top five appropriate for our show today, in fact. Exactly, which... Uh, let's introduce the show here. This is Polykill. I'm Travis. That over there, that's Steve. That's the usual guy. Hi. If someone joined in the last few weeks and they're like... Is it always a new person? It's no, not. No. It's it's usually Steve. Yeah, you're 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 back to me. So if you in the last couple episodes thought to yourself that one of those people was really hitting for you, you're like, damn, that's some that's some good Caleb. <laughs> well, I got good news for you. He's gone. All right. Yeah. It's, it's back to me. Yeah. I'm all you get, but that's okay. I you know what? I will pause at the top of the show and just say thank you to both everyone that covered in my absence both on the show and off the show like definitely the whole network showed up and filled in every single gap that i was possibly filling with no complaints at least no complaints to me they might have grumbled to you but everyone seemed very willing to step in and help and i'm and i'm very appreciative yeah i mean they are contractually obligated but i will say they never brought that up while they were uh being sequestered into doing it yeah. so that is that's good that is good a <laughs> uh, super duper shout out to viar who, yeah really did the heavy lifting <laughs> for talking about stuff that you do for the show with all the tweets. So, And then later, at the end of this show, based on an email we got that we'll also read, and because it's fitting, we're going to be doing top five games with babies. Babies in them. So, you, you, or top five babies in games. Did you go games or did you name babies? I named games. I can just as easily name the games that I pulled my babies from. I mean, I could as easily name the babies that are in my games. So we'll make it. I'll, you know, we'll we'll probably each name both. And all right, that sounds it'll great. Be fun. Now let's just go ahead and get into it. Coming soon, May thirtieth, June twelfth. Are there any games out there that got you excited? As a man who probably won't have time to purchase or play any of these, could be. Yeah. Yep. There's a couple here on my list that I that I like to think of as things I'd play if I had time and Breath of the Wild wasn't or the sequel to Breath of the Wild wasn't out cuz that's that's all I'm really doing. But mm, mm. one that I'm pumped for mostly cuz I'm just glad that it exists. Like this just makes me happy that this is in the universe for people. The Etrian Odyssey Origins collection on Switch and PCs coming out on June 1st. If you've never played any of these Etrian Odysseys, they are really quite good 
dungeon crawlers, you know, they're all about building team to fit certain roles. You get your DPS, your healers, your buffs, etc. And then mm. doing that maze-like exploration, they, they, I'll be curious to see how they do it on Switch because they were originally DS and 3DS, which means that all the mapping could be done on one screen and you can kind of like chart out where you find stuff, where monsters are, etc. Uh, and they're all really good. They all have incredible soundtracks, which is what I really know them for is I've, I've poked at a couple of them here and there. I played a little bit of Etrian Odyssey untold the millennium girl, which is a remake of one and then a little bit of three. Um, but I've listened to all the soundtracks on YouTube, a whole, whole bunch because they're delicious. It's that, it's that they're Yuzo Kashiro. You know, that fella, he, he makes, I do. Music. He makes that music. I do. I've heard the name. And I've heard his name attached to some good music, so that's a good that's a good sign. I've not played any of these. When I see the the title Etrian Odyssey, I my head goes still. That sounds like it goes for about seventy hours. That sounds long. Yeah, yeah. And this is a collection of, I think, three games that are all about seventy hours. So, jeez, that's jeez, op. That's a that's a fat triple digis worth of content you're getting there. But it's just good. It's just good to see. You know what, Etrian? I mean, the world is better for having Etrian Odyssey in it. And I'm happy to see that they haven't forgotten about it. Right on, man. Well, I can't I can't necessarily stay the same about the game I'm excited for because it could be a shitty game. I don't know. At least what well, at least Etrian Odyssey is sort of a proven commodity. But Killer Frequency is a new title that's dropping uh to just about anything you get your hands on, including um some VR on June first. And what that is is and it's I'm not real sure how it plays completely. But I looked up the MetaQuest 2 trailer for it because that's where I was most interested in playing it. Yeah. And it's sort of uh, like it's it's got that 80s aesthetic to it, real throwback, you know, hot pink neon look to everything. And you're supposed to save this town as like a radio host, like you're solving something and it's trying to save a town from a killer. Um, it's it's promote It promotes itself as a dark comedy slasher adventure game, which seems right up my alley because when i'm not talking to you on a sunday night i'm usually watching a dark comedy slasher adventure film so throw me in the game let me run around is what i say this uh yeah i've never seen this before it looks pretty cool it's got yeah it's definitely got like a slasher vibe to it they're clearly going for like that 80s Mm -hmm. era this this is a dang game that you could see a little crossover with them split up boys paying attention to. <laughs> yeah, perhaps, perhaps indeed. But yeah, that's uh that comes out June first on PS five, the new Xbox Quest, uh PS4, Xbox One, Switch PC. So all the relevant big dogs. Uh you can play it uh here in a couple days. You gonna do if you play it, you can do the quest version. I feel like if there's a VR version of something, I kinda always wanna go for the VR version. I do, and a lot of it is because I did promise myself I'd play a little more VR this year, and this seems like a great excuse for that, because it's, I mean, again, dark comedy slasher adventure, like, yes. Yep. All right. All right. I hope someone plays it and lets me know how it is, because it's cool. I never heard about that until just now. I'm, I'm falling <laughs> I'm falling behind. I, I don't know if I have any excuse for not paying attention to <laughs> the news lately, but I'll tell you, I, I'm not up to date. Yeah, me neither. You, you called it the Breath of the Wild sequel. That that's what told me you were you were a little out of the game. Ah. You're like, I don't even fucking know the name of it. Breath of the Wilds two is what I'm calling it. I'm reg. I mean, not to turn this just into the Zelda hour. That that'll be later. All right. Uh, no, sure. But 
I'm regularly surprised that Breath of the Wild isn't in the title. Like, I, I'll look at the title screen and be like, Legend of Zelda Tears of... Where's the Where's the Breath of the Wild in there? Because I'm so used to calling it Breath of the Wild too. I'm floored that it's it's not a part of the title. Um, right, right, right. It's just that's just on me. Well, another game that I definitely will not have time or availability for, but I would be remiss not to mention it. And there's an alternate world version of me that would love to play this. That's Diablo Four, buddy. They're Ooh. making a new Diablo. Man, do you remember how long folks had to wait for that Diablo 3? They were they were excited, they were upset, they were excited, they were upset, and then they got it, and they were disappointed, but still a little bit excited. But then 4 just comes out within the next... I mean, they don't have to wait 20 years for 4. They should be thrilled. I know. I don't, we're on a nice cadence of every, I don't know, every... 12 years they release one now instead of every 20. <laughs> I had the I had the ideal experience with Diablo 3 in fact. Uh I bought it, hyped up, launch day, let's go, boom, get in there. Uh bunch of server problems, couldn't really get connected for a few days, that's fine. Powered through it in a week. Uh thought it was fun, but it was a little bit harsh in terms of the balance and stuff. I was like, this is good. Was no Diablo 2. Stopped playing it. Never played it again, and then from that point on, Blizzard went on to release like a thousand patches and vastly improve the game and make it mm-hmm. infinitely better than when it started. And everyone is like, "Oh, you played launch Diablo three? Oh, that, but it, but it, that's trash. You got to play that good new Diablo 3. I'm like, <laughs> "No, nope, I played the bad version and I moved on. Sorry, <laughs> it is what it is." Um, but yes, Diablo four. My PC is in the opposite. Literally, my PC. As walking, if you if you were to measure distance on foot, is the mm. farthest point away from my child's crib in the house. I could not okay. be farther from him. So it just it's it does not make for a a likelihood of me being able to sit down and play a really meaty long RPG on the PC. Uh, I know it's on consoles too, but that situation's not all that much better right now. So those Steam Deck folks out there are like, come on, bro. Join us. They are. Get yourself a deck. They are. I I mean I mean we can not to dip into modern news here, it's not really the polykill thing, but <laughs> PlayStation You're blaming that on me. You're like it's not Travis won't get it. We can't yeah. we won't go he's into not gonna anything. Understand. He's not gonna Are you are you aware of this Q light device or this Q something that PlayStation is gonna release? I saw – see, I get my my news through memes. Yeah. If something's getting made fun of, that's how I learn about it. <laughs> Yeah, so people have been really ripping into this thing because it's just they're releasing what is essentially a dual sense controller cut in half with a mm. eight inch tablet in the middle, and all it does is remote play from your PS5. So it's a device that is exclusively for, hey, are you somewhere else on the same Wi-Fi network? You can play your PS5 in that spot, and ninety nine point nine percent of the entire world is like, ugh, garbage. What a waste of. Give me a Vita two. I don't want this. And I'm salivating for it, man. I'm like, I'm like, as a man who's trapped on the other end of the house with a baby on his lap, if only I could remotely beam my PS5 to my hands, this yes. is the perfect device. So, you know, on those grounds, I may be able to play some Diablo 4 if they release that device in any sort of timely fashion. There you go. Uh, See, they were thinking about you. They knew. They That's had, good. They had my back. They did. Uh, but if you out there want to play Diablo 4, you know what? Uh, you have options. You can do it on PS5, Xbox Series X and S, the PS4s, the Xbox Ones, and of course, the personal computer on June 6th. 
Wow, right around the corner, which is how we designed the segment, so I don't know why I'm so surprised. But yeah, well, Steve, you know it's been a while. I don't know if you're leaving things out. Maybe you played some games, maybe you beat some games over the last month, month and a half, two months. Ah, who knows, that you're not even going to bring here because it's old hat. Uh, but you're bound to be playing something when you get time. Huh? Yeah, I got I got a handful of them. I think we got to start out with the obvious, the elephant in the room, all right? Sure. The multi-hand in the room. Buddy, I've been- Jumping flash. I've been playing- <laughs> <laughs> Right? Yeah. <laughs> you damn right. You know what? Yeah, we'll start with jumping flash. Why the hell not? <laughs> he got my ass and I'm rolling with it. Uh, all right. Our boy, friend of the show, handsome as ever, I assume, although I've only ever seen his wrists, top spot one, two, three. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah. He gets on Twitter.com and he's ticky ticky tappy. He's typing up a little beat tweet. All right. And it's for Jumping Flash. And I'm like, I was literally at, I, I'm looking on Twitter. Interesting. And I was like, you know, I got a baby on my lap right now. And the PlayStation 5 is right in front of me. I was like, well, I don't have a J game. Screw it. Let's mm. let's let's hop on that jump and flash. I'm I'm a member of the PlayStation Essential Collection or whatever they call it. I have I have free access to this game. So I downloaded it. We poked it a couple levels. Oh my god, it's so it's such an incredible game in that it is the most like 1995 that a game could ever be and it could never be replicated in modern times. It is like the, <laughs> games come out these days that are like harkening back to an era, right? Harkening back to a style. You get your like mm-hmm. indie, I loved Zelda style games, your indie survival horrors. But like Jumping Flash is 95 in like all the best ways and all the worst ways. It's 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 both like smooth and beautiful, but also completely falling apart at the seams there's a million things going on and they're all just nonsensical. Like there's like shapes floating all over the place. There's a bunch of random enemies that like can't even really attack you, but you can attack them. Wow. It, it's got the, the most 1995, what the hell is 3d control scheme ever, but it's actually uh pretty endearing when you get used to it. It's like, it's, it's like a, a first person platformer with tank controls and a triple jump. Is, is basically what Jumping Flash amounts to. He plays a, a robotic rabbit, and you can shoot lasers and rockets and stuff. It's kind of awesome. I, it's kind of amazing, honestly. Uh, I've always wanted to check it out because it's like an early PlayStation. It's like a long box game. And mm-hmm. ever since I saw it, I like knew... You ever see a game in screenshots, and you just instantly know exactly how it plays and also that you already like it, even though you've never played it? <laughs> right. You're, yeah. like, you're like, I'm into this game. And as soon as I booted it up, I was like, dude, every single one of my expectations were 100% met. I am receiving no disappointments <laughs> and no surprises. This is perfect. Uh, quite good. I don't even think it's too long of a game, but I only got a couple of worlds in, so we'll see how long it really takes. But yeah, very good. Uh, slight, but very fun. Just Just of the era PS1 game, which is sometimes what I'm in the mood for. Yeah, I miss that fever dream era of just constant experimentation with 3D and mechanics. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that was a good time. And a good, good time. It was also before there was like a, I, th- I think modern game design has this like unspoken need to make everything in the game world like logically fit in like mm-hmm. the, the, the canon and the environment 
of of that place. Like if there's a platform, they want it to look like that platform should be there for some reason. Like it, if you're in a forest, it's going to be like a little leafy platform or it's going to be the, the, the a big leaf of a tree that you're jumping on or something. Dude, back in Jumping Flash days, they're like, forget about it. We'll put... Like a like a polka dot platform with lightning bolts spinning around it for no reason other than like the one artist working on this game was like hell yeah man I love lightning bolts let's go so yeah, no that's that's what I really think happened like Chris already made it so yeah we go, we might as well use it yeah, it's already in the game we're not gonna just not use something we made so let's just go <laughs> we're on tight timeline we promised him we'd get him. <laughs> jump and flash soon <laughs> kids are clamoring for that jump and flash we got to get out there <laughs> time to market we already bought magazine ad spot so we got to be pushing <laughs> i love it i yeah. love it i hope every video game developer from japan talks like that yeah <laughs> i think maybe i think they do yeah <laughs> but what have you been working on yeah i'll pop in here uh briz and i have been uh playing uh, another spooker duker this time it's Beast Inside, and I, I brought it to the show a couple times. Uh, I didn't realize that this was actually a Kickstarter game, um, it, so it was originally funded through through the old Kickstarter and uh, delivered on its promise, which is rare in and of itself. There you go. Who would have thought? So um, with that sort of context, uh, I now thinking back to playing it. Now I'm a little bit more impressed by it. Just something about a Kickstarter where you're like, damn, that's pretty good for just people. Like asking you to let them make it, but it is—I don't know—I don't know how to describe it. There's things I love about it. Like number one, I think it looks great. Number two, uh, it's—it is scary. Like there's a lot of jump scares and there's a lot of good puzzles. It's got that—you know—we always throw to—you always toss the ball to Resident Evil when you say scary and puzzles. That's sort of the—that's the front runner there. Yeah. It, it's also got like some weird. Uh, mechanics where you scan the environment with this thing that I don't know that it feels so out of place because the game is set in the 70s 1970s and then there's another timeline that's in the 1870s uh, but for some reason you have like this really wicked futuristic device that can like trace paranormal activity in the air and it's like <laughs> handheld so that doesn't really fit Ugh. So it's it's kind of all over the place, I guess is what I'm trying to say, but I like it. I think it's just long in the tooth. Like, I'm ready for it to be over just because um, it's it really leans on jump scares, and that's about it. And I've just seen enough of them. We've already, we've already been playing it for like 10 hours. I think we're only halfway through the game. It's pretty long. I uh, And it sounds like I'm pretty down on it, but I do think like it being a Kickstarter and the fact that it's like a very soundly made game, like, you know, to be... As beautiful as it is, it's somewhat open world in a sense. For uh, a, a scary game that that's chapter driven, that's not a typical thing. Uh, I'd have to recommend it. It's, but I think it's trapped on very few platforms. I think it might not even only be on PC. Interesting. I, I mean, I'd never heard of this until you brought it up last episode. Uh, I mm -hmm. think this is the one that you were saying that the J, JPSM, no. Jump scare, yeah, J JSPM. The jump scares per minute oh, was yeah. a little too high on it. How many times? Yeah. How many times has this fella in a top hat gotten up in your face? <laughs> right, uh, once so far actually. Oh, but they they do it. They scare you in other ways. Where like, like everything is a jump scare. Even you know sometimes they'll just like flash a face on the screen that has no context. You're like, oh, oh okay, thanks. Right. Or uh, a door will 
just open fast. And you're like, what the fuck was that? Or a bookshelf will just fall over for no reason. So it's stuff like that. But when like I, when the guy shows up, like he's like the real scary thing, and I kind of get excited when I see him. Uh, there is a uh, it, it does dark really well, which is a big thing in scary games. Where like you know, no matter how much you turn up your brightness, you can't see everything in the room. You know, it's like one of those games where they do darkness. Darkness is pitch black, and so there are some moments where you're go- you're descending down a staircase, and it is like you know the Blair Witch movie version of going down there, and it's like. I don't want to go down here. It's it's dark. Like, reach a threshold where there's no light even in your peripheral where you're like, shit, dude, is the game even going to let me see anything? So that that's nice because that gives you that gets you like real anxious. You're like, shit, shit. Yeah. So yeah, it it has its moments. I wish it was just, man, I'm just getting older. I'm like, just nobody make a game longer than six hours. I know. It's it's ridiculous. I need to beat it in a couple of weekends, three hours apiece. All that's right. right. That's what I'm that looking right. for. All right. Uh, well, you know what? You know what game is a little longer than six hours? It's that Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. All right. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. Some people call it Tears of the Kingdom. I don't think that that's right. But Fuck them. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Mr. Subtitle over here. I hear you. <laughs> but Yeah, so tell us, man. It's a big deal. What's going on with this? So I think the, the biggest compliment I can pay to this game is that you know as i've been saying new baby eating up a lot of my time and yet today i looked at my switch and somehow my switch is claiming that i have played 40 hours of tears what? of the kingdom do you even have a baby nah, what apparently, 40 hours apparently not and i mean i would say I only maybe an hour or two a day set the baby in the sink and walk away like most <laughs> of the time i'm around I was going to say, has your baby even slept 40 hours since you got it? I see since you got it, like you picked it up from Target. <laughs> since, since we bought it. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad we didn't get that buy two, get one. Whew, that would have been rough. Ooh. But yeah, somehow I've squeezed in 40 hours on this game. And it's just, dude, it's just, it's just miraculous. It's just so freaking good. I'm coming in as a confirmed fan of Breath of the Wild and a confirmed fan of Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. And you combine both of those <laughs> things together into one video game, you get my juices flowing. You, wow, you, you they should have called it all the, warmed up. T- tears of the nuts and bolts. Oh, dude, it's so true. I mean, I'm sure everyone has seen like the the memes going around online of people making giant wiener men and then exploding them and stuff like that. But you can do. Oh, uh, sorry, I just I had to I had to think about it for a second. Breath of the Wild and nuts and bolts. You should have called it Breath of the Nuts. <laughs> Oh, so there's your there's your podcast there it is. title. There you go. You got Thank it. you. Okay, you got there. <laughs> but it is what, what's nice is you know you look online you see all these people making all these miraculous contraptions. People are making like like functional mecha and mm-hmm. like huge like replications of bulldozers and stuff. But you can also play this game like just the world's biggest dunce. Like my solution to nine out of ten problems is to just. Just make a bigger stick. Just keep making my <laughs> stick bigger. I, I'm like, I got to get up there. Let me glue two trees together. That's not enough. Then I'm going to glue three trees together. And I'll keep going. At, at some point, they're like, you got to try. There's a whole bunch of other things for you to engage with. We got like, you know, flame emitters and rockets and wheels and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, 12 trees glued together. <laughs> 13 trees. It really makes history make sense. Or you're like, how could... 
like the Romans have existed on the same earth as some of these other civilizations that they just mowed down. And that's how <laughs> they both were able to like sustain until they met. And one was way ahead of the other in terms of engineering. <laughs> yeah. The other one lived fine, but just with long sticks. Yeah, they just had a bigger <laughs> stick. So, I mean, that's all I do to get to any particular place. But what I really like about this game, honestly, compared to Breath of the Wild, I was really worried because I... I'm like I'm a big fan of Breath of the Wild. I like it quite a bit. Uh, maybe a little less than some other people do, but it's a phenomenal. It's a magical game. Like it's Breath of the Wild's incredible. Uh, but when I was done with it, I was kind of done with it. I was like, I don't really. I never had the, yeah. the inkling to go back, which made me a little worried because for a lot of people, Breath of the Wild is like their forever game. It's like their Skyrim. They just keep going back and revisiting and revisiting. And I was very much like, you know, the back cover on that book is shut. It's on the shelf. Mm-hmm. I don't need to to touch it again. And when Tears of the Kingdom was like so similar, like the exact same graphical style in the exact same world, the exact same places, I was like, uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be as into it, uh, but yeah. they change enough. And what I really like is that they've, the Breath of the Wild is all about the like sort of quiet contemplative exploration, like the getting from A to B. And that is still here in Tears of the Kingdom if you want it, but with the way that the towers work now, where when you find a tower to like, you know, map out the entire world that you launch, like it shoots you like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of meters into the air. And from there you can just kind of glide anywhere. Like from most places you can glide like halfway across the map to anywhere else. So it's much less about that. Like, how do I get there? And it becomes much more about like, okay, there's, I have access to so much and there's so many things to do. Like, how am I going to map this out? How am I going to build a route for myself? Like, what do I prioritize? And then you couple that with the fact that there's a whole sky layer of like floating sky islands for you to explore. And I, I won't get into it for people that don't want spoilers, but there's a whole other layer. There's a whole other place for you to find and explore too. So it's just somehow three times as big as the first game. And yet I can travel it much easier. And so it, it's this, it's a really effective balance. I think I end up, I end up having a lot of fun poking around and it makes it feel fresh and makes it feel very different to breath of the wild. They're somehow very different experiences, which is really cool. Excellent, man. I mean, I'm more and more excited about it. I'm worried about starting a game that's so big and girthy right now, but yeah. I'm going to wait and I'm going to, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to do it one of these days. Did you can't did you, let it sit too long? Did you finish Brush of the Wild? I can't remember. Brush of oh, the yeah. Wild. Oh yeah, Brush of the Wild. I did. Yeah, I started it. Uh, you know, may, maybe within a year of when it came out. I'm never a day one guy, but I started it and then I I fell off of it pretty quick. It wasn't wasn't jiving with me, and I finally I felt I had heartburn about it because I was like, ah, oh, big Zelda fan. What's wrong with me? What am I dumb? Am I losing my edge? Am I not a Zelda fan? Am I more of a Kirby guy now? <laughs> One of them perverts. Oh, oh my God. But then I, I kicked it back up and it, then it just somehow miraculously clicked to where I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. Whew. And then I ended up, you know, absolutely falling in love with it. But I think that was a lot of people's experience where maybe it was just maybe too foreign or it wasn't like what they had in their head for Zelda or something like that. And so I know that Breath of the Wild was a hard pill to both chew and swallow for some folks. So I thought... I was worried the same might happen with with this one. Like maybe, like you said, because I was when I finished Breath of the Wild, I was like, "Well, that was an experience." I rarely ever go back to games, especially big ones. Yep. It felt good to to put it behind me. I still don't know that I'm ready to like. If it's too similar, 
I don't think I'd be ready to jump back in on something like that. But the more I hear about it, the more I'm like, it seems like it's almost an entirely different. It's like maybe a similar enough to share the DNA, but completely different in terms of where the fun is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to like convince you that it's like a wholly unique experience. Like it is still got that structure like you're still going to Mm -hmm. shrines you're still getting four objects trading them in for hearts or stamina you start the game and they say go to these four locations and they happen to be the same four civilizations you went to in the first game so i mean that's just your zelda trope yeah the same but like that that dna is still there so you know uh, open that door cautiously to yourself but I will say it. I was surprised at how drastically different it felt when, when literally right up to the point that I put the game into my Switch, I was expecting the opposite, or I was expecting it to be very samey. I, I was almost, I like I was excited for the game, but I was not like drooling hyped for the game in the way that you might expect me to be because I was almost going in thinking like, I don't know if I'm going to really be in the mood for this because I'm not really in the yeah. mood to go play Breath of the Wild, but it, it took me by surprise and it, it is totally doing its own thing. I think once you start playing it and really start investigating like both the exploration, the structures and what the story is trying to do, it's, it's its own thing for sure. Right on. Yeah. And in 90% of the time, just starting the game is the hurdle for me. Once I'm in it, I'm fine. It's just like that mental hurdle of like, I don't really want to. I don't really feel like it. But yeah. once I, you know, <laughs> once you get in it. Have I ever told you the problem I have with starting games? Have we ever talked about this? I don't I don't know. I don't know what it is. This has been happening to me for five, six years, more, maybe a decade. Anytime I start a new game, when like the intro cutscene is playing, I get really sleepy. Like my brain <laughs> rejects starting something new. And it, ha- it happens like every time, like like clockwork it's so funny i'll i'll boot it up i'll be watching the intro cutscene could be an rpg could be an action game that first three five minutes where they're setting up the world and those eyelids get heavy and i start being like oh my god and i have to push through it because i'm like no this is just new game sleepiness all right you're gonna have fun once you get me on the other side of this i don't know what the hell's wrong with me but that is fascinating every time man i i feel like i can kind of jive with that in some regard there is something about uh, I'm not great at managing my attention and, and it requires so much at the beginning. Yeah. It, like, all right, I need to know what all these fucking things do. Who are you? What is that? That I'm just, I get burnt out easily in the beginning. Yeah. It makes sense. It's tough. It's tough. Right on, man. Well, a game that I started twice. I'll tell you why I started twice. Panzer Dragoon Saga. I had to start it twice. You know why? You know why. It's the old, oh, it's the only reason you'd have to start a Sega Saturn game twice. Did you not uh, check up on that CR2032 battery, buddy? Did you not make that, sure that thing was t- tip-top? That bitch died again. Son of a, a second. <laughs> and then I was like, when did I change this out? Like a year ago? It would have been like six years. I'd yeah. totally forgotten. They sneak up on you. But I put like, you know, almost an hour into it, was having fun, and then I went to load it back up, and my Sega Saturn was like, who this? I was what, like, wait, what, it's me. What day is it? Help. It was like, what game are you trying to play? What what language do you speak? I'm like, English, it's me. <laughs> it's Travis. He was like, well, what year is it? And I'm like, oh, you got to be fucking kidding me, bro. So uh, I had to get my, uh, see whatever they are, CR-232s, whatever. Also, another fun fact, I bought like a big pack of those batteries. For the last, I, I'm one of those people that will just, if an inconvenience finds its way into my life and I can overcome it just even a little bit, I'll just live with it. Yep, same. I'll just I'm live with it forever. 100%. I'm right right there with you, man. 
And not to derail you, every now and again, I will finally muster up the energy to fix that. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, why did I live with that for so long? Why? Yes. Yes. I have the perfect example where for the last almost year and a half, two years. So I have a... Uh, I have a key fob for my Jeep, and it has a push-button start, and the fob, the battery, died. And someone had told me, like, yeah, you got to go to the dealership and get that changed out. And I was like, okay, probably a special battery. I never looked into it, never thought about it. Just, like, just living with it, waiting for, like, that weekend to roll around where I would find, just go do it. Yep. <laughs> and it didn't come. So I bought this pack of, like, C2032 batteries that for the Saturn. I was like, this thing will never betray me again. Because I'm packing so many of those batteries. Paid like 40 bucks for like a lifetime supply. And uh, I had this ad come up on, I think it was like Instagram or something. They must have read my mind. Or I don't know, maybe it was just God trying to influence me. But it was just showing a guy, he's like, yeah, my key fob died, so I just changed out my battery. It's real simple. And I'm like, oh, what kind of car does he have where he can just change it out himself? He doesn't have to take it to the fucking dealer. And then I looked it up, and all you got to do is you just open it up, take, like, the key out of the fob, put it in this other groove and twist it. It pops open, and it's just it's just the, the 2032 battery. <laughs> so I just pop – and my life has been different. I'm able to lock my car from a distance. I don't have to take the key out of the key fob to open it and unlock it, which oftentimes I forget and leave the little key in the side of my car and just drive around like an asshole. It's, it's changed my life. This is blowing my mind because I literally upstairs right now have – a dead key fob that I've just been ignoring. And now I'm like, when are we recording? Am I going to walk upstairs and just be able to grab one of my 2032s and fix this yes. problem that is that I've been living with since like 2021? Oh, my God. Yes, you can. <laughs> and I thought I I had my uh, – to open it, I was like, I don't know how you even open the key fob. I had like my pocket knife. I like. I guess I just go around the edges and pop it free. Like I thought that's what the dealership did. No, you just take the key out and there's a groove in there and you just twist it. It pops up. It's easier to open. It's easier to crack than an egg. <laughs> and just right there. Dude, I'm I was it. so impressed. I showed my wife like four times. I was like, dude, watch this. And she's like, I don't care. I'm like, no, 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 no. You watch. This is amazing. <laughs> this is important. So anyway, I have started Panzer Dragoon Saga again, and I gotta say I like it better the second time around because I know more about what I'm doing. But it is—it's a lot of fun, yeah. and I'm not just saying that because boy, is that a huge chunk of change to have laying around? Uh, I really do think it's great. It's not—it's not a turn-based; it's action RPG. But uh, the way you do it in the air, and you're like—I don't know if yep. you've played. Have you played this? Yeah, you played I played this there. like. It, it really does a really good job of integrating the flying into the the fighting mechanic. I think yes. that was it, the it most clever way like, they could have done it. it. It retains a lot of the Panzer Dragoon in the Panzer Dragoon yeah. saga while still being an RPG. It sounds like a it sounds like a fake game, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, every now and again, we'll get like a question from someone that's like, you know, like hot seat, uh, name, name a, a game in a genre that it's not normally in. And we're like, uh, d- I don't know, Zelda car racing and you're like hey, that's that's silly <laughs> that's what this sounds like where you're like oh no there's a pa- panzer Dra- uh, panzer dragoon rpg right. it's like oh yeah. wait oh that's real and it actually <laughs> it it works and it slaps okay yeah an on-rail shooter turned into a 23 hour adventure can it be done yes indeed yeah it certainly can so uh yeah i'm having fun with it probably uh am back to being two hours into it now uh, I know it's probably going to make its way to this podcast for a few episodes at the very least, but I am jiving with it pretty hard. Nice, man. Yeah, keep going. Satisfying uh, disc change ratio on that one, too. I don't know if you're the type of person that enjoys 
a good disc swap. Mm, but I do. It's a four disker, but it's not that long of a game. So you're every five six oh. hours you're swap you're hot swapping one of them discs in there. It's it feels so good. That's a good point. There are a ton of cutscenes where I was like, man, yeah. they packed a lot on. I forgot it was multiple discs because yep. I, I had to go through my battery quest. I'd forgotten so much. Yeah. Well, I you know these days at four hundred dollars a disc. Hopefully you remember that there's four of them in there. <laughs> I better go count them. Is yeah. it four? There's, there's four, you right? should have four, yeah. Make sure Dean didn't stiff me. Oh, that guy. Dean's amazing. Uh, all right, well, last <laughs> game I've been playing. Buddy, I'm just I'm just RPGing it up over here these days. I'm just I'm just an RPG gamer. I was hey, like, man, I told you those little lap babies make it great for for RPGs. It, you got it and handheld. Just handheld RPG yeah. time. Mm-hmm. I I made a commitment. At the beginning of the year, one of my goals was to play, I think, three full RPGs, like JRPGs, turn-based RPGs. And dude, I'm thanks to this baby, I'm definitely gonna do it. I'm definitely gonna do it. <laughs> but I've been playing. Thanks, dude. I've been playing the incredible Dragon Quest Four Chapters of the Chosen. This is the mm. DS port. I've been playing on my DS Lite, my DS Lite XL, to be clear. Nice, big, beautiful Dragon Quest screen. Oh wow! And it's so, it's so good. Have you ever played four? Have you ever played any Dragon Quest game? You ever played a video game? <laughs> I I have played much, I'm more of a Dragon Quest guy than a Final Fantasy guy. I've Oh, okay, yeah. I've played, played a handful of the Dragon Quest slash Warriors. Is four one of them? I have not actually played four. Okay, so four is a cool structure for folks that don't know. You don't actually just play the whole game as one character. It's split up into chapters, the chapters of the chosen, if you will. Of course. On each chapter, you're basically like playing the origin story for the people that will ultimately join up into a party to defeat the big bad, like evil that's presiding over the world. And so it all starts out with kind of like local conflicts in their area where you're solving problems. So the very first chapter that you play, it's like an hour and a half, two hours long. It's not long at all. Uh, you play as this old knight who is trying to save uh, a bunch of children that are being kidnapped uh, from this local town. And so you do that. You know, you save the kids. You do the Dragon Quest thing. You beat the monsters. And then at the end of that, he talks to like the king or whoever. And he's like, that's great. Now I need you to go off and journey the world because there is a great evil rising and I need you to... You know, become stronger and deal with it. And then his chapter ends. You don't play with him anymore. Start a completely fresh chapter. Someone else, someone new, as you play as a girl named Elena now. And she's got her own story, her own party members. You play as her for a handful. Uh, and they mix it up a lot. It's actually pretty fun because the, the one that I'm in now, you play as the character of some folks might recognize him as Torneco. He also had uh, like a roguelike game on PS1. He's a shopkeeper, and so you do some Dragon Quest battling and stuff, but you spend most of your day actually running, like, the weapon shop in a Dragon Quest game. Like, you stand behind the counter, folks come up, and they're like, oh, you got one of them copper swords there? I'll buy one of those. And they're like, sure, that'll be 100 gold pieces, my man. And they're like, ooh, I'm a little light in the wallet. Could you do it for 80? And I'm like, sorry, you know, cost of goods. I got I, I to gotta, I gotta pay my employees. He's like, all right, all right, I'll, all right, I'll pay you the hundred. You, you, you drive a hard bargain there, Torneco. <laughs> so you, you do that during the day, and then you go off and do a little like adventuring in the evening too. So it, it mixes up the formula quite a bit, but 
That's interesting. Wow, yeah. I yeah. didn't know anything about that. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I, in the like again, in the end, all these characters I believe do come together, form a Dragon Quest party, and you'll do kind of the traditional thing: fight some big shadowy purple guy at the end. But yeah, just <laughs> I mean, if you've played one Dragon Quest game, you know the vibe. It's just so good. Like I I don't know what the hell they're sprinkling into that concoction when they when they brew up a big old batch of Dragon Quest game, but it's like <laughs> it's so good. Everything about it, the way it looks, the way it sounds, it's just oh, com- sounds. it's just so comfy, man. It's 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 the most like big warm hug that a game could possibly be. Oh, I absolutely love the chimes and the music and the jingles to Dragon Quest. Yeah. Big big purple monster always at the end. That's a good call. I do find that those games balance or somehow they they seem tranquil at heart, but there's something eerily offsetting or upsetting about some of the enemies you encounter to where like it kind of goes against the bright sunny atmosphere sometimes. You're mm-hmm. like, all right, this this it feels like, you know, like you you look outside and there's a clown looking at you across the street and you're like, he seems happy, but he probably touched me weird. Yeah. And that's how that's kind of like I'm not saying that's what Dragon Quest does, but that's sort of like the uneasiness of the world where like it's pretty but it's evil. Yeah, yes. There's definitely like some sinister two parts of the game for sure. And it's it's subtle in a way that other RPGs aren't. Like if you compare it to the obvious contemporary Final Fantasy, like Final Fantasy like gets in your face and they're like, This world has problems. You need to deal with these problems. And Dragon Quest somehow manages to be like yeah, was, this is just like kind of like a fun D and D campaign, but it's you know there's some real heart and like some some like earnestness and intensity to the story if you're paying attention. But if not, buddy, you know get the get that experience, have have fun, go for it. That is a good point. Like every Final Fantasy is like the edge of a cataclysm, and in a Dragon Quest game, like most of the NPCs don't even know anything's wrong. Yeah, yeah, they're just like. Oh man, my my husband is such a lazy bones. I wish he would get to work so we could buy a bigger house. It's like you know, there's a big evil purple guy waiting on us, right? Yeah, there's like a dragon, like like right out there. Like you should, <laughs> don't don't go outside the town. Also, ease up in your husband. All right, he's trying his best, <laughs> doing his best. Well, that sounds fun. Some more Dragon Quest Four. How far into that are you with that forty hours of Breath of the Nuts? What are you doing with seven this? seven hours or so? And, oh, so you got days ahead of you. Oh yeah, I got I got time. Although the how long to beat, I was surprised. Uh our, our boy Captain Drachma looked it up because he and I are gonna play it together. Uh it's apparently only like a 20, 25 hour game, like a shorter oh. Dragon Quest experience, which I guess makes sense because it was originally an NES game, so like yeah. how long can it really, really be? But I'll take dude, I'll take a 20, 25 hour Dragon Quest game. Sign me up. Hell yeah. Same Z's here. All right. Well, the last one that I'm going to bring to the table in my playing now is a game I just started called Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights. And this was a game I, I'm pretty sure I brought up in a uh, coming soon, some uh, two years ago, probably at this point. Yep. And so for those of you unfamiliar, it is a gated exploration experience, uh, platformer type game. Very stylized in a, I would say, a unique way you are this uh, young girl, and she glows like a spirit, and that's who you control. But within her, she has all of these spirits of these knights that form her attacks. And so what's interesting, and I don't know if I can explain this well, but it took me a while to kind of figure this out. Like, you you move her, but you can uh, you can attack and, and move, and your 
attack ghost will remain where you initiated the attack. Mm. If that makes any sense. So it's almost like planting a bomb and leaving. Okay. So uh, that's interesting because you are like absorbing spirits and they they are the ones doing the attacks and you're just kind of floating around doing your thing. So that's unique for sure. It has a real like dark fantasy fairy tale vibe to it. A lot of the art's really good. It's a very dark game, like just aesthetically. Yeah. It, I'm finding it to be pretty fun. I did just go on a tear of a couple, you know, I played Dead Cells. We'll get to another one that I, I played um, in the uh, credit section. This one I I had, there's a bit of a learning curve getting used to like the control of it. it. There's something, I don't know what it is about the movement, but it took me a second to get the hang of it. But then once it clicked, I've been just all, all in. All right. I'm sure it'll be done in short order. I'm chugging it. Does it have that Souls-like sort of like animation, intentional combat, or is it a little faster paced? Uh, it's faster paced. But uh-huh. You can dodge. You ba- you basically just dodge through people. Okay. Uh, very. I would say very akin to, to Dead Cells, how you can just roll through attacks. You kind of do that with this. It does have, I would say, like sort of a Hollow Knight cadence to it where you're you go through the map you're at literally looking for benches to save and replenish so it ha- you can see that it wears its inspirations on its sleeve quite a bit but right. uh, i think it's really good and i had not heard of these developers ad globe and livewire published by binary haze like i would say these are certainly no names from a casual perspective but even for me someone who pretends to know what they're talking about within games um this is very out of nowhere, but it's very cool. Good, good stuff. One that I've been interested in for a long time. So I'm glad to hear that you're enjoying it. I'm glad to hear you're chugging it because that means that it must be pretty addictive. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, I those those you know Metroidvania gated uh, exploration games. I have a really hard because they're not chaptered. I have a really hard time getting my stopping point because I got so many ideas that I want to try at any given moment. That like coming to a stop is hard. He's like, well, let me just let me go try this door over here. See if I can get through that now. And then, uh, after, well, then I want to put myself in a position so that then I can go downstairs and go through. And then there'll be a safe point over here. And my wife is like, your dinner is cold. Like, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, that's on me. Just uh, having fun, trying well, to find a door. I, I, might I suggest that you avoid the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom if that is no, the way your brain operates. I really want to play Breath of the Nuts. It sounds fun. Oh, I know. We're definitely calling it Breath of the Nuts, right? That's the thing? We're doing it forever? Yeah. Yep, Good. We got, we got that. Good. Yep, yep. All right. Uh, Let's plug ourselves, because goddamn, nothing feels better, does it? Uh, not that I found. No. <laughs> I like the idea that you tried a bunch of stuff, and you're yeah. like, nah, I mean, plugging's that's, still the best. That's good, but that's no plug. <laughs> well, folks, if you like what you're hearing so far, be sure to check us out on our website, polymedianetwork.com, for more shows like Drunk Friend. For example, we went through all of our years. We're done yearing it out. We're back to guests. So we're going to be back to that old thing. We'll skip it a few weeks here and there. There's some weird scheduling stuff. I'm on vacation. Alex, this, that, guests, whatever. You'll get an episode, and you'll be, you might be surprised by who you get on an episode. But they're still coming out. It's still fun. And be sure to catch all of those years in the Rewind. Glad, glad that it's still fun. I'm glad that you're like, nah, we're still enjoying it. Don't worry. It's still, it's still well, a good time. I mean, I would say despite not having to open up the old uh, time travel door and jumping into the machine, stuffing garbage in the top and flying backward in time and getting back to that old, old recipe where we're just yelling Metallica lyrics and naming 90s dudes, that's still fun. Ah, good, good stuff. Good stuff. You For know what me. else is still fun? Tales of the Lesser Medium, which now... Ah. 
has a hot new run of Shenmue episodes out there. I I feel like an absolute buffoon. I should have spotted the Shenmue run from a mile away. I'm like, Trav is out here consistently playing Shenmue, getting long games in a series <laughs> in order, and I don't. I suspected nothing. I was just like, oh man, my friend Trav sure likes Shenmue. This is really interesting. I do like Shenmue. I should I should have called this one. I feel like a dunce. I feel like a dunce. <laughs> but yeah, you got them Shenmue episodes out there. Classic Tales hotness. Please go check them out. They're wonderful. You also got We Got Goosebumps, which is a podcast exploring chronologically with some detours. The Goosebumps mm. series of books. Got bonus episodes out for that. And little birdie told me new season coming next month. We got another run of books coming our way. That's right. New 10 getting ready to plop out starting at the end of next month. So be excited for that. Also be excited for Uncle Doug. The guy loves DVDs and we just kicked off season two. You can catch some Crocodile Dundee there, mate. That's not a knife. Or is it? Nah, it's not. It's not a knife. <laughs> uh, that was the first one. Then we did uh, the old Patrick Swayze ghost. And we uh, we had our uh, our pal from the Big League Conspiracy on there, Amy Trowell, as a guest. That was a lot of fun. So catch Uncle Doug. And if you're like, well, those movies are fine, but I'd rather sh- you know shit myself while I watch a movie, then I got a couple guys for you. Split up. They've been pounding out some episodes. They have a guest on an episode coming soon. I think it's still in the old the old edit hopper. But uh, be sure to catch Split Up for some scary movies. That's the stuff. Back to games. If indie games are your thing, you can check out IndieQuest. And know what you're thinking. Normally I sell you on IndieQuest by saying, hey, you can catch more of me over on IndieQuest. But right now... You're getting blink-free IndieQuest. No no me anchoring down that show. We're just frantic, and Captain Drachma are steering that ship in all sorts of directions, and they're doing a great job at it. So uh, they've got a whole big back catalog episodes there, plus new ones coming out regularly if you're looking to get recommendations for indie video games. Mm-hmm. I, I like that podcast. I'm a fan. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, speaking of podcasts... You can also check out Point and Drink Adventure, uh, which, uh, th- you know, th- those girls are always out there having a good time. I, he- I hear recently they just talked about that there Mario Bros. movie. Right. Apparently, apparently they watched it. Or at least uh, Pam did. And did Pam watch it? Maybe. That was the title of the episode, so yeah. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. T- tune in to find out. You might want to check catch that one yourself. But yeah, catch them on YouTube as well. That's uh, Petey does a great job editing those. Very entertaining. Now, honestly, what an amazing prank. If that movie did not get watched. <laughs> Simply wonderful. Uh, if you like this show, though, you like any of those shows, but this one in particular, you can hop over to wherever it is you're listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it may be. Leave us a little review, write how we're doing, hit that five stars. It helps the show out algorithmically and emotionally, lets us know, oh, we are we are making something you like. We should keep making that thing. Uh, and that's just good news. Yes, please leave reviews. And also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can visit patreon.com forward slash polygill. Find a tier that works for you over there. And that benefits all of the shows we just mentioned. So you can help out everybody. 
by joining one simple Patreon if you'd like to. That gives you access to early stuff, early episodes of pretty much anything that comes out, you know, early. And sometimes uh, some Nest Friend videos, occasionally some write-ups, and you can hop into that old Discord where all of my best friends hang out. You can also follow us as a whole on Instagram at Polymedia Network. We post some uh, episode announcements there and trying to pick that up a little bit. And you can also check us out on Reddit. We have our own subreddit at r slash polymedia. If you'd like to comment directly on the podcast or any content that we generate there, and then we're more likely to respond to you directly in that sense. So check that out. Heck yeah. And if you want to reach out to the show here directly, you can always do so via email at polykillpodcast at gmail.com. For example, we've got an email we'll be reading later on for our discussion. You want to send a discussion our way? That's the place to do it. Uh, lastly, not leastly, but lovely. Best way to help the show out, <laughs> just tell a friend. Just tell a family member. You know what? Someone's looking for a podcast. Someone says, my podcast game is a little weak. I have a gap to fill. Say, you know what? I, I like them Polykill boys. That's the way to truly help the show grow, both organically and realistically, just in general. So... We appreciate that, uh, and uh, thank you for listening. Now, Trav, before we talk about what we beat, I think we got to put you in the seat. Oh, oh you rhymed it. We rhymed nice. it. Let's go. Nice. How can I say no to Stick a good rhyme? Stick breath of the nuts ahead. down on that hot seat. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right, first off, why the hell do you think everyone lies and says that newborns sleep all the time? What's up with that? Why Why does everyone pretend like newborns are sleepy? I, I, I wonder if yours uh, had, you know, didn't get the memo on the way out. That's, like, my, that's my baby you're talking about, so you better you better back off. <laughs> I feel like, you know, when they come out, the doctor whispers, sleep a little bit, and then hands it to the nurse, <laughs> and maybe... Just miscommunication on the handoff. I don't know what it was. I don't know. My mine slept. I mean, it wasn't like a perfect like. Boy, kids are easy, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, there was there was struggle, but I do remember through a haze of barely remembering anything that I was able to do something while she slept. But you're saying your guy's giving you fits. <sighs> I mean, he's, he's getting over it now. Thankfully, dude. Yesterday. He slept for six contiguous hours, buddy. Whoa. I was in hog heaven. Hog wow, heaven. that's one of those where you go in there and shake them. You're like, oh, shit. Hey, you good? I mean, okay, there's yeah, several times where I'm <laughs> hovering over the bat's net with my ear down, like, just making sure you're breathing. Just, just give me one good exhale. Oh, there we go. Thank you. All right. We've got a lot of baby-themed questions today, as you might expect. Sure. Number two. Would you double your current life expectancy, however long you're going to live, double her up, mm -hmm. but in exchange, 90% of all rooms you walk into have an inconsolable crying baby? <laughs> nah, I'd fucking die. I'd cut it in half. <laughs> I mean, imagine, <laughs> cut it cut it in half just to avoid that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, the you know, it's, it's a cry of nature... It, 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 you know, there's a reason that cats meow that way to get our attention. Like, yes. There is a certain frequency that scratches the back of the human brain in a way that is just not fun. So, uh, please no, God, no. 
Man, imagine being 150 years old, just begging for that 10% to hit. Like, for the love of... You walk into the bathroom and it's quiet, and you're like, I'm not... I'm taking a three-hour poof. I'm not leaving. If I'm 150, I'm probably taking several-hour poofs, yes. <laughs> That's true. Separate issue. Separate but related. All right. What's the most baby-like thing you still do as a full-grown adult? I do whine a lot. That's got to be part of it. <sighs> the whining, man. The whining. I do That's... whine quite a bit. And it's funny because my daughter, um, she's, you know, she's a little girl, so she hasn't stopped talking since she first said a word. Um, but she, you know, because she's very vocal, she's very whiny. And it's it's reminded me that I should be less whiny. Because <laughs> she'll, she'll be, like, playing with a toy or something, and it just won't work out. Like, a Barbie won't stand up or something like that, and she's like, ah, gosh. And I'm like, man, just last night I was playing a video game where I was like, gosh, I, sh- I shot him. <laughs> I'm like, I need to not be, like, a four-year-old sometimes. That'd be great. Yeah, We're all guilty of that, but, like, you notice it when you're like, oh, I just... I, I hate that I see you me in you when yeah. you do that. <laughs> I don't want to spot four-year-olds inside me. Then. <laughs> that's just rough. All right. I, I don't think of you as a whiny guy, so that's interesting. You must whine a lot in your off time, in your downtime. I, yeah, when I'm by myself, I'm inconsolable. Oh, boy. I got a baby I can introduce you to. You guys will get along great. <laughs> All right. Finally, if you had to add a baby as a co-host of one of the podcasts, a permanent co-host... Which one do you think a baby would fit into the best? Oh, it's got to be off kilter, right? <laughs> that's so true. I don't know why that's true, but it is 100%. I mean, the baby hanging out, just talking about prisoners. Like, what do you think they did? And they're like, I don't know. Stole some milk. I'm like, it's a little more serious than that, but you're on the right path. It was armed robbery. Good job. <laughs> New listeners would be like, wait, which one's Briz? I can't tell. <laughs> I know the whiny one's Travers at the baby. I can't. <laughs> That's hard to say. Oh, man. <laughs> Off kilter coming across. Perfect answer. All right. Dude, you, much like my last month and a half, you survived the baby gauntlet. Hope you're feeling good. I feel all right. I feel all right. I'm, I'm probably doing a little better than you are these days. I've, you know, I've been I'm getting good. full night's rest. I've been shaving my face. Now you're just bragging. But all right. <laughs> That's cool. But uh, but yeah, I think you know any day now it's good. The, the, they're going to turn the corner on you. There you'll never you'll never know. You'll you'll open your eyes. They'll be they'll be three years old and smacking you over the face with a hammer while you're just sitting still and taking it. That's just how it goes. A toy hammer. <laughs> I was gonna. Say, there's a there's a whole context there that I'm not entirely following, but uh, I believe you. Yeah, I keep drywall tools away from my kids, but. Uh, <laughs> All right. Well, now let's get to the games that we've beat. And uh, <laughs> doing the counting commas here, looks like I'm going to get to go. So, <clears throat> what first? Let's, you know, let's just go ahead and get Dead Cells out of the way since I brought that up a couple episodes in a row. It felt good to finally get that bait. Dude, Let me tell you. I'm impressed. I've, I've tried and I've not been able to. That's a tough game. It is. It is. And it's. The the progress is very incremental. Sometimes you get a complete setback. It all depends on that loadout, some luck. You know, you know how it is. Yeah, man. Let me tell you how good it feels when you finally get over that hump and just, you know, each time getting a little further and, and kind of salivating over like, oh, I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Maybe the next run you die in like the first level. You're like, okay, well, maybe not that close. <laughs> let me try again. That was a fluke. And it, it, by that way, you know, it's it's hard to put down because you always feel like you got one more run, but runs get longer and longer. 
You know, you start out, you run to like two minutes, you're dying. And, you know, maybe they double. Then at some point you hit like 15 minutes and you're like, I thought I made it pretty far, but I guess <laughs> not. And then toward the end of the game, you're pushing like an hour and then you die and you're like, I'm going to go again. Not even thinking that it takes an hour. Yeah. You're just thinking, I'm just going to, I got it this time. And before you know it, like time is gone. So it's, it's crack, but it's so fun. And then finally, you know, getting that win at the end. And that's the thing I love about roguelites and roguelikes and rogues and roguishness. You can't call, you can't, you can't name the genre of these games without someone getting upset. Cause they're like, well, it's actually, it's actually a, a rogue lick. It's not quite a rogue. It's not quite a roguelike, but uh, th- you know, there's just something about finally getting that win that is much more satisfying than most other games. Even though it's you know, in 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 theory, it's short. It's a short game. It's like an hour. Boy, it takes you 25 hours to finally land that one good run, and it's just it's like winning you know, freaking championship. You feel like you yep, you beat it. You. You had like a personal vendetta against every inch of the game at some point. You've been so familiar with those levels and those enemies, finally getting through. You just like, you know, you just double burden. Just <laughs> too, just, ah, feels so good. Yeah. I, are you going to keep going? Because you know, the thing with a roguelike is once you beat it once, there's a whole bunch of systems and layers that get added on top where you can just keep going and keep making it yeah. harder and et cetera. Especially with Dead Cells, because I think, you know, they've added a ton of DLC and little patches here and there. So it's, you know, much like your Diablo 3, it's a very different game than it was probably when I started playing it in 2018 or whatever. Uh, I did, you know, I, I really wanted to move on after after I got to be, because, you know, we got backlogs to get to, and I felt like I had appreciated the game appropriately. But I did, after I beat it, I did run through it one more time. Oh, I got all the way to the last boss. I'm like, am I going to two-time it in a row? Are we doing this? But then I died on the final boss uh, oh. just in, in a close call. But uh, the, in, it kind of honestly felt good to go out that way. Let Dead Cells beat me one more time for old time's sake and put her up. But, I mean, it's honestly, it's one of the few games I could see myself digging back out again just because it's so, you know, at this point, once you are familiar with the ins and outs, it becomes pick up and play. Yeah, I mean, I'm always amazed, you know, Hades is the one I have the most experience with, but I'm amazed thinking back to when I tried so long, just go, 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 trying to get one one successful escape. And then these days, you know, I can pop it up and 90% of the time I'm going to get an escape, no problem. It's You just learn so much about the games. Yeah. What what you end up trying to do becomes so different from what you were doing at the start of the game. So that's why I was wondering if you're going to keep going. Plus, I know they got that that Castlevania DLC yeah. in there that I'm sure is tempting you. Yeah, I'm intrigued by it. Maybe one day. Yeah, I need. I think I need to take on some new experiences first. But I'm, I definitely have been thinking about doubling back to that in the future. Maybe a maybe an October experience. Go for it, man. I like it. Uh, well, I'm not going to belabor this one too much because you literally complained about it on the last episode, I think. Whatever drachma was on, you complained that I talked no. about it too much, so I'm not going to. Oh, I was joking, doing a, uh, bit of a, a bit of an elbow. Come on. I'm not going to sit here and yak your ear off, but buddy, we got the massive W on Grandia. Where's my, where's oh, my I'm sorry. Where's my sorry, applause? I so did you say something that fell asleep? Ugh. I assume he left a gap in because he edited in just a roaring applause there for me. <laughs> uh, but yes. No, congrats. I know that that was, a, that was a big one. We were worried, were you going to get it in under the clock? Were you going to be able to get it in before the baby gets out? Mm. And the answer was no. I was not, ah. not able to do that. Ah. But 
during those three weeks that uh, that we talked about. So did we talk about that before we started recording? <laughs> uh, I love that you're in a fugue state. Um, and I'm going to admit, I don't even know what you're talking about. All right. Well, for context for folks, <laughs> my baby, who I should be clear. I should, I should stick a pause. I do love this baby. He's an incredible, oh, sure. bo- he's an incredible boy, but I'm also going to tell you all the parts of him that are terrible. All right. Let's not lie <laughs> and say that the baby is perfect. He's perfect in a lot of ways, but he also, sometimes he's a little bit of a jerk. All right? <laughs> he's kind of a baby about things. Yeah. He's, he's really, he's, you just can't reason with him. But so <laughs> my baby had this the charming quirk in the first three weeks of life where he could not be put on his back. And as a result, would not sleep in a crib, would not sleep in a bassinet. He literally had to be held to sleep, mm. which meant that his mom and I had to take shifts holding him in a recliner overnight while he got some sleep so that he would function and be able to grow and eventually grow out of it, which now he has. But... Leah and I split up shifts where I would take from about nine at night till three, three thirty in the morning, uh, because I'm better at staying up late and she is, is better about being up. Well, she's not better about being up early. I'm just better about staying up late. She really fell on the sword there. Leah's a hero. <laughs> uh, yeah. But so I would stay up to about three thirty or so with him and then we would trade and then I would sleep. Uh, and I wasn't usually that tired in that time. Like nine is way ahead of my normal bedtime. Mm -hmm. I'm usually a a midnight 1 a.m. guy under normal circumstances. So a lot of that time was me just sitting with him on my lap in a recliner playing handhelds. Mm -hmm. And it was amazing how fast I burned through the back half of Grandia. I just chewed through that thing, man. It was like... Yeah, dude. It was just huge three, four-hour chunks when he was sleeping. I was, oh, dude, you you play two hours, you quick, you know, swap out a dirty dipe, and then you're back in there for two more hours. (laughs) And you're right there at ground zero, so you know when the dirty dipe happens. You don't even have to go inspect. There's nothing, that's the most efficient dadding you can do, what you set up there. Yeah, Yeah. good job. All you got to do is that cautious wait where you're like, all right, I, I heard that first volley, but you got any more in there before I change this type? Because I'm not going to be double changing you. I need you to get it all out. But yeah, yeah, don't want to yeah. make that mistake. It happens though. Yeah, but yeah, Grandia, just a phenomenal game, special game. You know, a five out of five, ten out of ten, whatever you want to call it for RPGs of that era. I think it totally deserves to be talked about with the greats on the PS1. And it was yeah, the entire time I was, I was. Just kind of loving it. I think it's got a great cast of characters. It's got just like the, not not entirely dissimilar to Jumping Flash, but not exactly the same. It's got a vibe that is so late 90s. Like it feels like a late 90s anime in a way that you can't shake. Last Boss was like a good, um, it was very validating that I had done enough training because I kind of dominated him. So mm. I was like, mm, all my grinding is paying off. It's a good. Plus, I mean, you guys read it on the show, but I was just pumped. I got to do a beat tweet, buddy. I never get to. I never get to hoot and holler from the audience anymore. Right? It felt good. that was wild. Yeah, that, that took me back to the old days when, when no one really knew who you were. It was this guy's just tweeting. Who's some this sort, guy? Some sort of chump. Must like Blink One Eighty Two. I guess that's what that's in reference to. Weird. Right. Who does that? I do. It's... Turns out, turns out he's a swell guy that you can just plow through Garandia, which is awesome. Yeah, just burn through it. So. Yeah, I was I was quite pumped to get that one done, and I was happy to get it done before Tears of the Kingdom came out. So that was kind of after the baby deadline was a miss. That was my new soft deadline. I was like, this switch is about to get full up on a whole different cartridge. 
So I'm going to need you to see this one through to the end, and, and we got there. That's awesome, man. I've been playing my Switch a lot more recently, and I think the battery life has either my concept of how long it could last has shifted or it's just not doing what it was doing back in the day. But I'm finding she the battery Ooh. gets low on her quicker, which makes me sad. So hang in there. But They are six years old, which is kind of right? painful to weird. think about, right? Yeah. yeah. Are you are you uh, looking forward to playing Grandia 2? So I actually played Grandia 2 in like 2005. I love Grandia 2. I was a huge fan. Hmm. I just put off the first one for no real reason because I played the second one on the when the port came to PS2. Do the stories so, connect? No, no. I okay. mean, maybe some like loose references in the way that like you know, different Final Fantasy games have Moogles, but like, sure. Um, no, no real strong connection. At least not that I remember. Uh, and but I am pumped now because this means I can play Grandia Three, which yeah. I also have on PS2, and I've just been putting off forever and ever. And uh, it's. It, a flitch, a flitch, a switch hmm. kind of flipped in my brain where I was just kind of playing Grandia for the love of playing Grandia, and then I finished it, and suddenly I was like, damn, I'm only one game away from rounding this series out, you know? Right. We might have to do this thing. So I'd, I, we'll see when I have time to sit down for a full RPG's worth of console PS2 time, but uh, I would love to play Grandia 3 sometime soon. Heck yeah, dude. Well, you know, you've got those... That RPG, um, I don't know. I guess it was a, a resolution. What, what's the what's the status on that resolution at this point? So you knocked out Grandia. I knocked out Grandia, and uh, I'm halfway through, you know, Dragon Quest Four. So I think I said three RPGs. Mm. I would put that at about halfway done at this point. Yeah. Which, considering we're a little shy of halfway through the year, I'm perfect. I'm on pace. Perfect. All right. Good job. Good job. All right. So uh, let's talk about. I was playing that Switch a little bit more recently. I've been firing that old bad boy up because uh, I, don't know, I just kind of missed it. I've been doing other stuff, and I was like, Switch. I'm sorry, I forgot about you. Come over here, you, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Come over here, buddy. Come over here. Get on my lap. And <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know how much I love that Axiom Verge. I won't shut up about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I every time that the words Axiom Verge cross my computer screen, I think, Oh, Trav's gonna want to hear about this. Exactly, which you never really, you know, you don't really realize how rare the words Axiom and Verge just pop up on a daily basis, but when they do, I do bring it up. <laughs> yeah, they are not common. I had had Axiom Verge 2 sitting over here on the shelf for a little bit, still sealed, collecting dust, and uh, I'd wink at it every now and then, let it know I loved it, but I hadn't really went for it, and I decided, let's just do it. Let's just pop it in and run with it. And it's it's a lot like the first, so again, it's a gated exploration game made by the one and only Thomas Happ. Just a one-man show out there just banging through these massive games. <sighs> Ridiculous. Um, yeah, and and I remember reading, you know, because I was really excited for Axiom Verge 2 to even be announced, because I was like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. Like, how, it's so rare that a game, I mean, I, I'm still shell-shocked from the lack of Dark Cloud 3. I'm afraid to love a game for fear <laughs> that it just will stop existing because I love it. I know. So so the fact that I saw Axiom Verge 2 get announced, I was like, oh, this is the proudest moment of my life. But then I started reading stuff about it when it came out. No one was happy. You know, it didn't measure up, whatever, yada, yada. It was too different, this, that. So I was a little, you know, trepidatious about jumping in. Uh, but I ended up, you know, liking it. I think, I think it's maybe a tick behind the first, but I still enjoyed it. The biggest difference being that Axiom Verge 2 has m- a lot more melee combat Whereas Axiom Verge 1 was very much gun combat. 
That's mm. really the biggest difference. So in that way, I think it makes the pace different because Action Verge 2 is a little more plotting. But it has some really neat stuff about it, man. There's like there's essentially two versions of the map. So you, you become in, I don't know, I would liken it really to becoming the the what was it the morph ball whatever uh samus turns into when she's a ball um does that have a name am i uh being dumb is it just the morph ball i, I always think it's the morph did ball. i did i do it did i already do it morph yeah. ball yeah so you know like the morph ball kind of has like its own especially in the 3d ones has its own places it can go and kind of its own map and you know when you when you reach a, an area where it requires it it kind of has its own things it's kind of like this where you can you can shape your character into this like little spider thing and go through these portals. And then there's like a whole different map that you have to explore. And then it'll help you pop out on different sides of the other map. So it's layered in that sense. So it's always got your brain kind of thinking like, well, if I pop through this portal, will I be able to get to this dark spot on the map I've not been able to encounter yet? So it adds like almost a 3D element because the map of a Metroidvania game is a mechanic. Like that is as important to you as having a screen with color on it. Like it is integral to the experience. And so taking the map as a mechanic and kind of like tweaked it to where now you have to kind of think about it in multiple dimensions. Not unlike like, I think Symphony of the Night is kind of like that in a sense too, where Mm -hmm. it's like upside down. So I, you know, there's stuff about it I obviously really like, uh, but it's, I don't think it's as memorable. It could just be like, you know, that first experience, you know, that's your first kiss. Your first Axiom Verge is just your good one. Everything after it's going to feel like a, an imitation that's not quite as good. It might have that might be the the issue, but it's still really fun. I knocked it out in basically a one e- one episode cycle. I couldn't put Damn. it down. It's not short. It's like thirteen fourteen hours. I I definitely recommend it. I think it's it's pretty fun. But if you like the first, you know, you'll probably like this. Maybe not as much, but still good. It's like one's a ten out of ten. The other one's like an eight out of ten. Has me wanting to prioritize the first, honestly. In I really like the first one. Yeah, yeah I'm probably talking it up too there. much, but it hit. That was one that I played with uh, with an with an infant in the dad position. See, there you go. Hey, sometimes the game just hits for you in the exact right spot. So. <laughs> That's right. I feel you. Uh, I'm gonna call. I'm gonna let you decide whether or not it counts, but I'm 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 pulling this one on technicality. Okay. So I'm bringing a beat that I've actually already beat. But uh, and that's Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Great game, great RPG. A lot of uh, Dragon Quest in this episode. Yeah, dude, I've been I've been fiending for them DQs lately. <laughs> just just right in my veins. Uh, but I was working. This happened before the baby, and I finally just wrapped it up here last night. Actually, I was working on the platinum trophy for Dragon Quest Eleven. So, if you're not familiar with the structure of Dragon Quest Eleven, it's it's quite interesting you play through the game you know you beat the big bad and then you know it it the game is done it rolls credits like it congrats you finished dragon quest 11 but there is like a third of the game left like there is full-on quests other bosses to fight there's a, a bigger bad at the end of that like wow like there's a huge long chunk of game that you just miss if you stop at that first point and that's what i did back in the day like i never went any deeper than just mm. that kind of like first checkpoint. So I beat it. Uh, actually, it, it took me even longer than that. Uh, I started the game in 2018, set it down, didn't finish it, picked it back up in 2021, got up to the ending, but not the the like true ending, set it down again. And then now in 2023, I picked it back up again, same save file, dusted it off a second time. 
and we went wow. and actually did the damn thing. So dang. So not only did I, you know, see the story all the way through to its end, and it was definitely like a, a true conclusion. I mean, we're talking when the credits are playing this second time, it's showing you like every Dragon Quest game that's ever been made, like screenshots from the first ones on NES and stuff. Like they're they're really trying to be like, hey man, this is the end. We're celebrating Dragon Quest with you because you finally did the damn thing. You and me together, we love these games. Hell like, yeah. Yeah, it's true. And then on top of that, to get the Platinum Trophy, I had to do a whole bunch of extra garbage. I had to... <laughs> I mean, I was I had to hunt down every item that changed your character's cosmetics, and there's tons of them. So I was, you know, I had spreadsheets where I'm like, all right, I, I, I need to get for... <laughs> Jade, I need to get Serenica's armor, and to do that, I need to craft it. I need three Auric Chalcum, and I need five Perf Gold Nuggets. And Jeez Louise. So I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff to get this, but we finally we finally clutched it. We finally got it. We got those timestamps lined up from 2018 to 2023. Uh, and the reason I bring it as a beat is because this process from picking it back up to Platinum Trophy tacked 50 more hours onto my save file dude it went from a 70 hour save file to 120 hour save file buddy i'm calling that a beat i'm calling that a massive w on my part Uh, it feels like a chunk yeah it was it was juicy but i loved every second of it i would happily restart the game again i think dragon quest 11 is just dude it's it's like a perfect game almost it's so it's so good it's characters are great. Again, music's great. You already know you like the music in it because it's the same oh, music yeah. that's been in every Dragon Quest. And, and somehow it's still just fucking uh, cocaine. Yeah. I never get tired of it. It is. And it's just, oh, it's gorgeous too. I don't know how that game looks so good, but it 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 pops. Very colorful, very like mm-hmm. dense, just gorgeous environments. Oh, mm. Dragon Quest Eleven's incredible. RPG, if you're an RPG person, you haven't played it, buddy, play it. You probably want to play the new version. There's an Echoes of the Lucid Age S that came out on Switch and other systems, and that one has a 2D mode, so you can play that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the one I've got. I've uh, I do enjoy that 2D mode. That's neat. Yeah, but this is no. Uh, this is just me finally cleaning up the version, that original copy that I bought day one edition of the original game. So, so the the platinum tro- getting a platinum trophy on a game like this just seems insurmountable to me. I feel like I I would be I'd be better off trying to build a spaceship in my backyard than to try to get a platinum trophy on one of these big honkers. I mean, it's, it is a lot. I mean, I had to get every character to level 99. I had to Jesus Christ. basically unlock every skill. I basically get every piece of armor, do all the optional side quests. What the hell is wrong with you? All that what stuff. What's wrong with you? Well, I, I did it, I did it for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, I also kind of set a goal for myself to do a little extra trophy hunt and get my, to dig back into the backlog and clean up some trophies from games I'd already played this year. Mm. And I've been trying to like get trophies in the games I really love so that the platinums I have are representative of like me and my tastes and my interests to some degree. And not just my name is Mayo. Is that yeah, what you're saying? And not, not just my name is Mayo. Not, no shade <laughs> to your Mayo platinum, but I, I wanted to try to go a little time agnostic. And so I love Dragon Quest Eleven. And so I decided I want to go back and get that one. Plus, it had the advantage of I started it, I started, like, really on this grind in March, like, maybe mid-late March, right when we were expecting the baby. Mm-hmm. I, I had done, in that time, right away, I did most of the story. I got, like, all of the actual story done right up to the point of, like, you can go fight the final, final boss whenever you want. And then it was just all this extra, all the grinding and stuff that I needed to do. 
And that was perfect because I was like, this is something that I can stop at any point. doesn't really matter what I'm doing. Like, I'm not in the middle of anything intense, anything story-based anymore. I'm just doing all these, like, miscellaneous tasks and grinding. So when the baby comes, I can drop that, pick it back up a month later, and it's not going to be that big of a deal. It's also the type of thing that I knew when there was a baby around it's really easy. It's not like an action game or anything. So it's really easy to just set mm. down and yeah. t- tend to a baby and go pick right back up and grind a couple more levels, etc. So it was, it was strategically chosen as something that could be chipped away in the context of new dad life. It, it took, a, it took a while to finally find enough gaps in time to, to get there. Cause he, he's, he's a very, uh, he's a, he's a very loving boy. We'll say. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but we got it, and it feels feels dang good. That's awesome, dude! Wow, getting the platinum on that big old thing. I'm just, I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I feel like I'm talking to Michael Phelps over here. He's got medals. <laughs> got I'm the medals. Uh, well, last one I'm going to bring to the table here is uh, I'm going to say, man, and I don't know. I really don't know if I should, if I can. I think, I think it's an obscure Jasper, but I don't think it's that obscure. I feel like. Vanquish is a game, and I brought it last week. I talked to Mook about it, our last episode. Uh, I think it's a game that anytime I compare like my Microsoft uh, Gamer Point score to other people, and I go through, this is a game that everyone already has played. Like in as soon as it came out in twenty, whenever the fuck, twenty ten, I guess. <laughs> uh, and I've always been like, who play? Why does everybody play that game? I never even, I don't even know anything about it. I pick it up not too long ago, a couple months ago, because I was like, that's it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to see what the fuck this is. Made by Platinum Games. It's published by Sega. It's got a good pedigree. It's not like, you know, most the most obscure of Jaspers. Mm-hmm. But no one's, you know, people are just aren't bringing up Vanquish anymore. No one's talking about it today. Nope. So it's kind of forgotten. So I fired up, and it is, uh, I talked a little bit about it last time, but it is very inspired by Halo and Gears. Yeah. Like, have you played this? No, I've seen Is this on your, uh, you're think, one of the few. I think... In, like, that 2011 era, I think a buddy of mine had it, and I played, like, the first hour or so Mm, of it at his house. All I remember, and you talked about this a little bit uh, on the last episode, but all I remember is just sliding on my knees, rocket boosting around, and there's gunfire everywhere. I just remember it being chaotic, and I remember knee skidding from from waist-high cover to waist-high cover. Yep, that's exactly it. So that's that's its real twist is the knee skidding and the ability to kind of slow time at any point, which was neat, really neat around that time. People yeah. love that Matrix shit, even in 2010, 10 years after the movie. Uh, so all that's good. I mean, it's fun to play. I think I, I, you know, whatever I said last episode holds true because the first your first 10 minute experience with the game is the experience all the way through. It's not shy about telling you like this is it. Basically, we're just going to throw different dudes at you for the next, I don't know, seven hours to buckle in. And and it is shorter. It's six to seven hours. Love that. That is great. But one of the things, like, toward the, the, the more I familiarize myself with the game that made me laugh, the voice acting is fucking awful, and I love it. It's <laughs> it's trying so hard to be Gears of War. Everybody has that raspy Marcus Phoenix uh, thing going on. So, like, there's your buddy is this big burly guy. It makes sense for this guy. He's got big, big man packs, big you know, bigger than life biceps. He talks like this, like, hey, hey, hey. Like, that guy should talk like that. That's perfect. <laughs> but then your main character, his name is something stupid, like Sam. I mean, if your name's Sam, you're fine. But it's like Sam something. He's supposed to be like this ex-college uh, football quarterback, this pretty boy who was in the Marines or whatever. So he's got like this kind of preppy boy backstory. 
and he fucking sounds like that too. And <laughs> and it's just they, these two guys talk to each other the whole fucking game, and you can't tell them apart other than whose mouth is moving. It's like, hey, let's do this. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, you do that. So it's it's really strange. And the main character, every time he has like a cool cut scene where he just like kills a dude. He's always got a cigarette in his mouth. Like, what year is it? It's like 22. Why are we doing this? And he'll say things like, no better time for a cigarette. Like, what, does the Marbo Man make this game? It's so Sega. It's, it blows my uh, mind. So I, shit like I that I love it because you know they're so self-aware as they make the game, too. It's like they just, they're absolutely leaning into, I don't even know what you call it, the, the camp, the cheese, the, yeah. whatever it is. Like, yes. th- they just crank that thing up to 11. It's it's crazy that a game that has those type of cutscenes could be as fucking fun as it was. Because yeah. I enjoyed it from beginning to end. When it ended, I couldn't believe it was over. I was ex- I felt like there should be more game. It's one of those that left me wanting more. Uh, and there's never been a whisper of anything remotely related to it to ever follow it. So that's kind of a bummer, I guess. But sometimes, you know, it's good to, for there just to be a one-off game out there that's great. Yeah. It doesn't have to always be a sequel or more content or whatever. But I highly recommend Vanquish. If you like... You know, especially think about that 2010 era. If you like the halos of that day, like that's around Halo three times, I think. Uh, your gears are really hot around then. Like it fits right in that roster. That is, it's going to be the shooting guard on that starting five of those games. <laughs> it is a solid experience. Been in my backlog for a long time. You got me all juiced up. Now I'm trying to do the math in my head and be like, do I need a V game still? Cause... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's also a V game. That helped. Yeah. That, uh, that put me, put it on my radar. Might have to go in on it. So. Dude, that's good. You you play you've been playing some banger games lately. I mean, you beat Dead Sales, Vanquish. You're in the middle of freaking Panzer Dragoon Saga. You turned into some sort of Chad while I was gone. <laughs> you know, I I think what it was um, for my entire life, I've just been kind of living in the moment. Like, what game am I feeling like playing? But at the beginning of the year with this alphabet thing, I charted what I wanted oh. to get to in the backlog, some of the priorities, and that's kind of what I've been hitting lately. Nice. Some of the uh, I like I like it. it. Means you're you're pulling out some interesting picks. Yeah, and I'm not just relying on like what's two hours. What can I get over <laughs> yeah. get it over with? What you know? what N64 racing games have I not beaten somehow? Honestly, I'm afraid to beat all of them because then I won't have any left. Dude, but that, this is a real part of the real fear I have. You're like, close. What if what if I beat all my N64 racing games and then I don't have like that chill guilty pleasure? I'm gonna have to play PlayStation racing games. I guess there's no shortage of those. <laughs> And to be fair, I just picked up a Muppet racing game for the PlayStation that just to fill that fear, just to stave it off further. So I'm good. I'll Dude, be fine. Now you're speaking my language. You're trying to get me to like you. Yeah, I know. I it's can, working. Yeah, you're on to me. It's working. All right. Well, speaking of liking people, here's some people that we like. Uh, people that beat a lot of freaking games for us. Yep. God, we love it. It's our kink. We love talking about it. Now, this is the beat tweet section of the show. show. So real quick, let me give you the rundown. You beat a game, you take a screenshot, you put it on Twitter, you hashtag it, just beat it, make sure you at Polykill. That's one way to do it. Or if you're like, Twitter's weird, I don't like it anymore, uh, you can join the Discord and post it over there. And uh, Weedo coined any beat tweet that goes into the Discord as a uh, disco beat. And I think that's wonderful. <laughs> so you can have a disco beat or a beat tweet. Whatever you want to do, but that's how you get them on the show. Now, Steve, tell us you're back in the fold. I know maybe Viar helped you out a little bit here, but what are we looking at here? What's what's the flavor of the beat tweets this time around? I mean, we've got as always, we've got. Uh, well, honestly, this one's good because we've got I would say an an old favorite, you know, kind of like a, a well known name, and then we've got a recent contender, not a brand new name, but someone that's been making a name for themselves lately too, coming into the top spot, but. 
Let's start out with our boy. The Elite MYT, would you even believe it's a B-Tweet leaderboard if you did not see the Elite MYT up in here? Yeah, you know, we, we had our days of Corpse Flood and Dean and Viar, and then, you know, every every so often, they'll a new a new contender will arise and take the throne. And right now, lately, it's been the Elite's throne. It's, tr- it's true. If we had a Poly Call of Fame, his name is making a strong, strong, mm-hmm. uh, strong contention? Con- contender? Sure. Sure, yeah. Anyways, Elite MIT beat video games. He beat Cyber Citizen Shockman, which that's pretty hype. I think that is is that a modern port of the the uh, Turbo Graphics or PC Engine game? That's pretty cool. Mm. Cyber Citizen Shockman, Blackjack Waifu Tour. For anyone that missed that, for all those in the back, that was Blackjack Waifu Tour. Nine Eleven Cannibal. The fuck? Bat Boy. The Tartarus Key. Vaccine Rebirth, and Killer Frequency. I would say about two thirds of those sound like movies that would be on Split Up, and the last third sounds like porn. I mean, yeah, that's true. And I just, I just noticed the killer frequency mention here. I'm going to have to see if the Elite MYT did a little review of it. Yeah, there's a good chance they did. I'll have to check that out. Just, just saw that. So the the Elite MYT, I'll have to get with you to see if this is worth my time. Heck yeah. Now, uh, this top spot up here, man. There's a lot of games. Do we do? Lot. Do we have a count? I don't. I don't even know if we do in this one. Let me let me do some fast math here. You can you can do the fast math, uh, but we're talking about the Polykiller this time around as Braniac, not Braniac, Braniac, high in fiber, low in brains. Braniac three forty five, back on the throne with a whole bu- whole bunch of games. I see so many fucking commas in this. Not nineteen of them, I think. Jeez, Louise. Thanks All to right. your masterful stalling. I think we counted up 19. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let me get a, let me get going here. I'm crack my knuckles and take a deep breath. The Brainiac 345 beat Twinbee, Kung Fu Heroes, Shadow of the Ninja, Scat, Ninja Gaiden, 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 Fighter's History, The Takeover, Vice Project Doom, Grim Fandango Remastered, Gears of War 3, Gears of War 3. Sorry, I had to do it. Star Soldier. Super Mario Advance 4. Super Mario Bros. 3. That's always confusing. I hate that they did that. Yeah. Uh, Alicia Dragoon. Star Fox 64 3D. Super Mario Advance. Journey to Silius. Jet Rocket 2. The Wrath of Takai. Poppin' Twinbee. Earth Defense Force. And Elo Milo? Or Ilo Milo. Whatever you wanted. Whatever you guys want to do with that one. What is just a, a ridiculous selection. You can, you can like see... Uh, Braniac's moods change over time. Like, oh, I'm in the mood for a lot of NES stuff right now. Ooh, now mm-hmm. I'm transitioning. I'm in kind of a GBA mood. And then, uh, ooh, I'm playing some uh, older stuff, you know, maybe some 3DS downloadable stuff, some PS3 downloadable stuff. Good list all around. You ever you ever see a leaderboard like this and you just get worried? Like, like what if these two guys just started their own competing polykill? We would be pushed out of this market so fast. <laughs> When are they going to have time to record beating all these games? So true. That's... You know, they'd have to play and beat at the same time, and you don't do that. That's filthy. <laughs> That's nasty. It's nasty. All right. Let's get to these random beat tweets, these random pulls here. We're going to kick it off with the one and the only, the real LHC Greg. Just beat a Resident Evil 4 on the GameCube. Great action horror game filled with memorable segments. You could describe a part with just a few words, and it would bring up memories. The cabin fight. The helicopter area, the gondola ride, the darn sliding block puzzle. There you go. Finally done it. He did it. Resident Evil 4. 
Makes me feel a little bad because I only remember a couple of those parts. I don't have a very good memory. Yeah, not anymore you don't. No. Next up here we've got uh, our runner-up, the Elite MYT, who just beat Bat Boy. It says, oh boy, such a fantastic game with finale so awful that it completely soured my overall impressions. The final boss wow. turned into a bad controlling shmup that includes a bug that makes restarting impossible. Still a 9 out of 10 game, though, but was ruined at the end. Now, that's a, re- that's a real fall on your face crash and burn, because I remember following these uh, the tweets from Elite in real time, and, and our boy was hot on this yeah. game. He was saying, like, this is my platformer of the year, no doubt. And... Apparently, they, they absolutely whiffed the ending, which is just a tragedy. Man. Well, he still gave it a fair, like, 9 out of 10 game. You know, so, some folks would let that ending ruin them all the way down to, like, a 3 out of 10. But, he, you know, he was true to his heart. He said, no, it's good. Just don't finish it. Up next, we got Church, the Game Grinder. Red Ninja, End of Honor. I do not recommend whatsoever entirely due to a horrid camera and jank controls. Did they playtest this? This gameplay would be cool if it wasn't so poorly controlled. Story and characters were fine, far worse than Wish Tenchu. Man, hating on the jank over here, but maybe it was a little too much jank, sounds like. Uh, no, I, I gotta give it up to Church, though, for sticking it out, though. I, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to beat a game you're not enjoying, but it's good to get a, uh, all the way through, get that full perspective, and really speak to it. You know, talk from the chest about <laughs> about the jank. That's right. <laughs> We mentioned him earlier in the show, but we've got one from Top Spot One Two Three here. It says I delayed it for years, but finally played Fez, and I just beat it. Mm. All right, Top, that's a good stuff. I was intimidated by some of what I'd heard, but the rabbit hole only goes as deep as you want. At its basic level, it's a great puzzle platformer that I adapted to very quickly. The uh, obtuse stuff is optional. That is true. Wow. It is definitely entirely playable without digging into all of the. Uh, the the deep minutia, but I will say there's a lot of joy to be found in that minutia if you have that kind of brain. So uh, it, it kind of hits you from both angles. It, it's it's a platformer for everyone. Yeah, and this is the most top spot game I could think of. I'm surprised he hadn't played it already. Like it I, just seems up his up his alley. A hundred percent. Really surprised. And uh, he's back. What kind of uncle? allows his 11-year-old niece to play the grotesque, disturbing, and T-rated game Little Nightmares. The best kind of uncle, of course, and the proud kind, since she stuck through the whole thing until she just beat it. Her first official beat, by the way, will congrats Top Spot Niece123 on the victory of Little Nightmares. Yeah, and for, I mean, for an 11-year-old to sit down and power through that whole thing, like, I don't know if she did it all in one sitting or what but like you know it's not a one hour long game it, there's some there's some meat for a platformer yeah. there yeah no doubt next year we got Viar 45 the hero the legend Viar 45 pulling mm-hmm. his own tweet I like I like that alright <laughs> he looked at him all and he said mine's good enough to make the cut I was, hey, let's, man. Let, let's see how he does he can do whatever he could rename the podcast if he wanted to he we owe a lot to Viar. <laughs> we really do he's, he's a champ band here on xbox 360 is the black sheep of the family right what a bizarre game lifeless presentation cumbersome menus bafflingly weak track list and weird career if no one ever wants to repeat a song and character creator is the most fun your game sucks <laughs> he has created some sort of Oh sad mutant demon 
character in this screenshot here. Incredible. Incredible. I would like to... It would be fun to have a contest where pick your game and just try to make the ugliest creations possible and just have that as something. I think that'd be fun. Only to say this would certainly make the cut. That is a vile looking <laughs> created thing. Up next, Weedo. Just beat it. Jurassic Park Part 2, The Chaos Continues for Game Boy. Well, of course it's Game Boy because it's Weedo. Yep, yep. He goes on to say, decent run and shoot platformer where you have to find an insane amount of JP key cards and kill dinos. I stumbled on whether JP meant Japan or Jurassic Park, and then I realized the tweet was literally about Jurassic Park. I just said that <laughs> seconds ago. I'm not a smart man. Anyway, like every Euro platformer, the levels are sometimes confusing, but the music slaps hard. Good fun! That is my experience with the Euro platformer, is what the hell were they doing when they made this music? My God. Yeah. And another example of people showing off their analog pockets that uh, Analog refuses to send me. Yeah, he's got like a whole... He's got the indoor and outdoor vibe. He's got like a whole three-panel kind of like Garfield comic structure to these B-tweets. So lovely. We don't know what's up. Except we got Boxwine Babies at Boxwine Babies, who just beat Lego Marvel Super Heroes 2. Typical Lego game, but the inclusion of so many different characters from Marvel Comics makes it fun. My kids love the open hub world to just run around and play in. Always happy to see someone beat these Lego games, because they don't seem like the type of games that people beat. They just seem like the type of games that, like, are on a TV at a family Thanksgiving. That's right. But there you go. Chewing right through it. This guy's kids, was they were ripped on box wine playing Lego games, which sounds like a great afternoon to me. Yep. Up next, we got Michael Condy at the Brainiac himself, the polykiller of the episode, Grim Fandango Remastered. This was a fantastic adventure game. The story was great, the locations are beautiful, and there's plenty of humor in the dialogue. However, a lot of the puzzles can get a little tricky to solve. Tricky hmm. puzzles, Blink. What do you think about that? I'm in. There's always the internet. You can always look up the answer to any puzzle ever made ever. So, fine by me. I love Grim Fandango. Big fan of that one. So, I'm just happy to see that uh, Braniac played it. I don't know that he chewed that food because he beat 17 other games at the same time. But I'm glad he's digesting it all the same. Right on. All right, here. Next up, we got Briz, someone I compared to a baby earlier. Says, the helicopter's hull bent and twisted under the weight of the falling mast like a fly, too slow to dodge the fly swatter. The launch pad gave a metallic groan as it tore away from the rooftop. The now flaming tomb of the hag that killed my family fell 40 stories in a reverent moment of silence. The explosion of the helicopter hitting the street below was a period at the end of my story. I could finally close the book. Just beat it on Max Payne. That's a very Max Payne uh, disco beat there. I respect that. Yeah, man. I don't know if that was a quote from the game or if Briz is just poetic as fuck, but... I think it's just PAF. (laughs) Up next, another disco beat from the burger champ, Planet of Lana. A gorgeous and affecting game about isolation and partnership in one fell swoop. Very similar to Inside in style, but with much more character and narrative resonance. Short, sweet, and pretty easy. Only one puzzle was a head-scratcher. Very much enjoyed and highly recommend. For those that love puzzle platformers, music is also killer. Nothing but good things to say about this game from Burger Champ. It must be great. Yeah, this one looks... This one's been on my want-to playlist. Honestly, something about Burger... Burger Champ just feels like... 
he's like me if he if I made better decisions. Like every game he plays is something I really want to play. And he always plays through them, no matter how long they take or where they come from, and has a great time. And then I'm like, you know, yeah, I played through uh, Rugrats Search for Paris on Game Boy Color <laughs> for the second time. For the second time. You try to get a platinum on a Game Boy Color game, yeah, that's you. That's on me. Burger Champ, what I'm trying to say is you're amazing and I'm jealous of you. Next up, someone who is less amazing and I'm not jealous of, Dylan Charles at D. Charles. <laughs> That's not true. Dylan's great. It says, Wall World. The best way I can think of is to describe this game is that it's a roguelike base-building mech game, but on its side. Very charming pixel art, an interesting spin on the roguelike genre, and an addictive cycle made for a low-stakes good time. I've heard people talking this one up saying that it's a good time. You play as like a big like mech spider crawling down a wall which is an interesting concept it is interesting i had no concept of this game at all but it looks fun uh up next goof another disco beat og the legend of zelda my all-time favorite game ah goddamn goof me and you me and you both man he says yes it's a rebeat yes i've beaten it dozens of times yes it's still goddamn ridiculously good Last day of school here where I work, and there are probably a dozen kids total in attendance today, but thank God for my Game & Watch. 10 out of 10 forever. Now, I've beaten me some Legend of Zelda, and I even thought about beating the VR version this year, but I, oh, yeah. I whiffed on that uh, to do other things. But, man, playing it on the Game & Watch was such... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not held one of those, like especially the newer ones. It feels tight. I don't know if I could... I don't know if I could do like a whole... A whole LOZ run on that. It's got like a Game Boy Micro vibe to it. Mm. Like it's real. It feels like you could never do your first playthrough on it. But as someone like Goof, who's like mm. clearly played this game a bunch of times, you can you can just like apply the muscle memory to them tiny buttons. But yeah, that's impressive yeah. to do it on the Game and Watch. Mm-hmm. Next up, here we got Hungry Bill at HB Pizza Bandit, who says, "Zombies ain't my neighbors." for Super Nintendo. Save your neighbors from monsters using an assortment of weapons. Part shooter, part puzzle game. It's unique, fun, but also tough. Got to the final boss but had to go back a few levels for more health and weapons so I could just beat it. Good beat, buddy. Not one I've ever played, but its reputation kind of precedes it. Yeah, one of my favorite games, and I've not beaten it, and I have it on my, uh, my short list of Z games this year to try to tackle. We'll see how it turns out for me. Up next, we got JJS Boys. Boys. River City Girls for Cartridge Club's May Game of the Month and my last rebeat for the Polyhill 2023 Challenge. Man, this guy just does whatever a podcast tells him. Yeah, I love it. Gotta love it. <laughs> I've played this game backwards and forwards, but a solo replay on hard with a fresh save file kept things interesting, and I was glad to revisit it. All right. Good stuff. River City Girls. That's the only one of the series I've played. I've got Zero and Two here on the shelf one of these days I'm gonna do it I'm not I'm not so much for the beat-em-ups but I've heard that that's one of the best I've heard those are real good yeah they're pretty good yeah. next up here we've got Josh at Johnny 2900 who recently finished Neo the world ends with you and what a game I honestly cannot believe a sequel to my favorite DS game happened but it also paid off my expectations save for some padding even if this is the last entry to come out, I am fully satisfied. Yeah, that's just good stuff. I was also really pumped when this game came out. I did let myself down and stop playing it halfway through for no good reason, but uh, I think it's a worthy follow-up, and I'm happy to see Josh so pumped here 
to have gone all the way through it and a meaty game to boot. Yeah, great screenshots too. Nice uh, variety there. Good job. Well, well sculpted tweet, sir. Up next, we got the uh, my fellow Uncle Doug nephew, Kevin, at Mac Games. Beep 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 beep. Played cleanup on a game I started back in 2018. Why it took me so long to boot up that save file again? Who knows. But my best friend Cheeseburger remembered me, so that's something, I guess. I might be alone in saying this, but I think this is my favorite Far Cry. Is he alone? You you're, you're the Far Cry guy. Uh, I liked five more than most people, uh, but it's not my favorite. My favorite's still three. You like all the Far Cries more than most people, so that does not that's tell true. me much. That is true. I mean, right. but five people were mad about five because it wasn't in the jungle or whatever. Mm. All right. You know, all Montana's right. a jungle. Sometimes you think about it in a way, kind of. <laughs> Concrete jungle. <laughs> uh, all right. Next up here we got For Real Fan at Mark Martin Fan 5. Short and sweet says, I just beat it. Tales of Arise and what an adventure it was. Officially a top three fave Tales of title for now. 10 out of 10. I like the hedge that says, oh, not, not for now. It just says Tales of Titles now okay mm, yeah right. okay I, I respect that i respect that 10 out of 10 bold score again another rpg that i would love to play but uh i'm playing other rpgs who's got time for multiple rpgs right on up next we got the mighty q dog he says omg i just beat super mario bros on the nes for the first time ever as a sega master system kid super mario bros has been on my backlog for around uh, 35 years it feels great to finally have this classic under my belt. And you know what? I can empathize with this because Super Mario Bros., like a lot of kids in 1990, or my age, or my generation, I played in 1990, was the very first game a lot of us played. It came with a Nintendo. It's true. And I didn't beat it for like 25 years. It was fucking hard. Good stuff. I'm still shocked. I don't know. I don't know what this means, but I will say... If you just looked at Mighty Q Dog and you had no other information, you just stared at the man. You—he's <laughs> got the look of someone that has already beaten Mario Bros. Like, I would have thought. Yeah, I would have put money on that. But yeah, I mean, Sega, now, Sega now that's kid. true. But every time I had that thought up until now, I was lying to myself. So that's true. Yeah. Hot diggity. All right. Well, I guess I'll steal this tweet from you. Clearly meant for you, but I might as well read it anyways. We've got uh, our buddy Muddy River sixty eight, and when he's tweeting, you know, sports games are a beating. That's right. Ken Griffey Jr.'s win and run. This was a nostalgia trip for me. I played tons of hours of this as a kid. Super Nintendo didn't have many good baseball games, and this is one of the best. It's definitely closer to an arcade than a sim, but it's such a banger. Ten out of ten. I'm loving all these ten out of tens out here today. Man, everybody's loving it. I find this game to be incredibly hard and mean, so I'm, I'm amazed that Matt Waters uh, was able to to get around on. I know it's Nestrucks, uh, his favorite game. He tries to fit it into any conversation, uh, but for me, I you, you, honestly you you have to just throw pitches. You can't throw one down the plate or they hit a home run like every single time. So I don't know how you beat it. I think you cheated. Up next, we got Power Dad Musty. He's back in action. Just beat it. Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster and the Platinum to top it off. I just want to remind people, though, this is a disco beat. He says, love what they did to streamline some of the pain points from previous releases. This remains one of my favorite installments in the series and enjoyed my time with it. Except having to farm the war mensch. Mean, red, sad face. I don't know what that means, but I see a Platinum and I am happy. I just, I know fuck war minches. That's all I know right now. Dude, 
I'm so I'm so bummed about this because each one of these games, this this Pixel Remaster came out. Each one has a platinum, and I can just get the digital version, and I probably mm. will at some point. Mm. But Square Enix put up a physical version of the game on their website, literally for like an hour at one in the morning on a random day, and it sold out instantly. And now oh. now eBayers are trying to charge you four hundred dollars for it, and you can't get, get it. out of here. Can't get that fizz edition anymore. So. At some point, I hope they realize what the hell they did and they just do a reprint and do another run of them because I would love to have the Pixel remasters up on my shelf. It would be great. But digital will work just fine. So Yeah, it does All right. the job. Last but certainly not least, we got Petey Puff just beat Gears of War Ultimate Edition with Briz. Ooh, Briz sneaking into 1.5 tweets today. <laughs> Actually, it's a disco beat, so technically not a tweet. But Gears of War Ultimate with Briz, much improved from the original, which we played for one mission, had fun. (laughs) That reads like she is contractually obligated to write a beat tweet for any game she finishes, and I respect it. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Contracts are contracts. You honor them or you don't. You get the boot. No, you don't. You don't get anything. Honestly, no one gets anything. That's that's the real truth of the network. <laughs> Nobody gets anything. All right. Uh, well, that was it for the B tweets. Thank you, everybody. Is it you know, is an extended one because uh, Blink wanted to get back into the into the uh, what do they call it there? What do they call the seat that the pilots in? Uh, probably the pilot seat. The pilot seat. Right. See, that was more of a quiz than a question. Good job, pilot seat. You got it right. <laughs> uh, he couldn't wait to get back in there and read B tweets. It's his favorite shit. I was, uh, you know. I was uh, excited that he was coming back for that moment. Glad he got to experience it. But now, now I'm going to read a little email we got from a one esteemed listener, Mr. Mullet. Okay. He says, Dear Polykill, I would like to formally congratulate Blink on becoming a father. Oh, thank you. Parenthood is a beautiful experience, and I'm so happy for you and your family. I remember the moment I became a father. My wife finally removed her chastity belt, and after a few seconds, I yelled, Shiver me timbers! My performance must have been subpar, as the belt would not come off for another six years. Anyways, in light of this new bundle of joy, what are your top five games which include anything baby-related? Baby video game characters, baby animals, or even baby making? Be creative! Keep on being awesome hunks, Mr. Mullet Gaming. So, with that... And Mr. Mullet, I hope you've been able to get back in the saddle in the last six years. Uh, but with that, <laughs> now, you, now everyone's just thinking he's having sex with a saddle. That's not what I meant. That is not what I meant. Don't be so literal. But with that, uh, we got a list of uh, games that uh, have feature babies. Now, I got to say, uh, for me, when my mind went to that, for some reason, and it must just be the warped games that I play in my brain, I could only think of creepy babies. <laughs> I mean, I've got... I've got at least one creepy baby on here. I, I am all say. creepy baby. 100% all I could think about. <laughs> yeah, that's there might be something wrong with you there. You you might want to get that get that looked at. It is a trope in a lot of horror games to take like a baby, yeah. the most innocent thing on earth and make it some vile thing. Yeah, and I realize those are very memorable to me for that reason. So, uh, yeah. any caveats for you? Anything? What do you I mean, mm-hmm. I've got nope. I've got some where you play as babies, some that feature babies, um, but we're baby Jason on all of them. So I think all right, we're good to go. Why, why don't you kick us off? Why don't you take me take me into number five? Sure, as you're almost the guest host this time, I'll save you for last. That seems appropriate. Well, my number five here, uh, and I don't know if you've played a little game called Parasite Eve. Oh yeah, 
But uh, toward the finale of that bad boy, you know, there's a big story about it. And, then, you know, spoilers, whatever. It's uh, almost 30 years old game. Uh, turns out our gal uh, is, is, is pregnant with, like, a monster. And anyway, the ultimate being uh, shows up, happens to be a baby. It's got wings. It looks like an evil cherub. <laughs> and you have to fight it uh, with your guns. You have to shoot it a bunch. And that always kind of stuck with me because the game up until then has been, you know, your typical square experience, Square Enix experience of just larger than life, yeah. grotesque monsters. And then suddenly you're like, it's a baby. Oh, and it's like the hardest thing in the game. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but you did it. You, you, you made it through. You shot that baby. <laughs> yeah, a ton. I shot it so many times. <laughs> never, never looked back. <laughs> <laughs> didn't even, I honestly didn't even hesitate. I immediately went to the screen and selected my gun and filled it full of bullets because it was terrifying. <laughs> A baby that I would have liked to shoot, maybe, because it was so <laughs> ridiculous. My number five, Virtual Bart. Virtual oh, Bart, the Simpsons wow. game. There is one of the mini games of Virtual Bart. You play as a baby version of Bart, and he jumps out of the second story window and is trying to like climb across tree branches and clotheslines and stuff. It is the hardest thing I have ever done in any game. Like... This baby has super gravity. He sinks to the ground in two frames, like a family guy fall gag, how quickly he hits the dirt. (laughs) And, you know, like the hitboxes on branches just don't always make sense cleanly. It's just, it's nearly impossible to get through. Everything in Virtual Bart is basically impossible. But this one in particular, I remember being like laughably difficult. Yeah, I've not played Virtual Bart. But I've always been intrigued by it. Like, what what's going on in there? What's so virtual about Bart this time? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's tough. It's it's honestly, I would say it's got to be up there with like some of the harder games on it, their respective platforms. Like, it's it's tough. One day, one day, I plan to go through because I'm I'm going to have to do an, an NES friend about The Simpsons. I'm going to have to go through and and try a bunch of the old ones out or revisit. I've played a few of them, but just revisit them because I remember them all being. Just terrible and mean. <laughs> like Bart made them. That's what it feels like. I know. All right. My number four. And so this one comes from a pretty recent game, Resident Evil Village. Uh, there is a baby, creepy <laughs> fucking baby, in the house. I think it's called, actually called the House Beneviento Baby. And that's the house, if you've played the game, where all the dolls are. And there's a baby down in the basement that is absolutely horrifying. And it makes... The worst baby sound I've ever heard in any medium, and it chases you around, and it's got a very elongated face. It's all dripping and weird. It has backwards like chicken legs, and it, it's it's massive, and it runs after you, and it tries to find you, and it really wants you. Like it loves you. It's like, hey, look, I'm just a baby. Somebody take care of me, and you're like, no, no, you live here. You feed on souls or something. Uh, but very memorable encounter with that nasty fucking thing. Dude, first thing I did when my baby was born was do a double check. No chicken legs on this one, right? <laughs> just the regular, just the baby legs on this one? Okay. Yeah, which way do the knees bend? Okay, good. Good, 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 good. <laughs> all right, we set. We are all set. That, that's a good one. You're two for two on horrifying babies that you probably shot with guns. <laughs> 100%. I, th- I don't even know. I just remember you had to hide from this one a lot. I don't remember if. I probably did shoot it. I probably did. I probably did. Oh, all right. My number four. Now, this is the only one I think that I could come up with where, you know, Mullet said any context, including baby making. This is the oh, only ba- wow. ba- baby making I could come up with. Okay. That is an incredible game. 
Tokyo Jungle. If you've never played it, this is a mm. this is like a early 2010s, I want to say, PSN downloadable title where Tokyo has been like humans are extinct. It's been overrun with animals and it's basically a roguelike. But the idea is that you start as an animal and you need to survive, basically try to like survive in as many generations as you can. So you'll the minute to minute you're running around, you have a stamina meter, you have a hunger meter, you need to like kill other animals to get food and stuff. But part of that is that you need to find another animal of your species to mate and carry on your lineage down to like your children. And the most successful runs have you mating several times over the course of a run and, and you end up playing as those babies as they then uh, grow up and, and venture out into the overgrown jungle that was once Tokyo. So really, really a very cool game. Um, Weird for its time. Weird now. A lot of fun. You can play as Pomeranians. You can play as tigers, deer, like real, like small animals. I think at some point, if you play long enough, you play as dinosaurs. Like it's awesome. I I feel like you just explained to me a bad dream, but that's wild. (laughs) It's a good dream. I'll have to check that out. What's it called again? Tokyo Jungle. I have. Okay, I will have to look. I have to own it and look it up. I'll look it up and then I'll own it. Sure. All right, my number three. Now this is one that uh, your partner may be really familiar with, because uh, I believe they are a fan of the Catherine game. All right, they are. Yes. Yeah, there is a um, very terrifying child that represents, I believe, the main character's fear of commitment or something at some point in the game that climbs after you on the tower with a big pacifier in its mouth and it's extremely tiny pupils staring up at you and uh boy is that a memorable baby buddy so memorable that it's also my number three baby (laughs) is the Catherine baby (laughs) (laughs) yeah it it like follows after you and it screams your name it's got a pacifier in its mouth but it still is like screaming daddy (laughs) come back here horrifying honestly as someone six weeks into the process of raising a newborn, <laughs> it's pretty true to life. Like, <laughs> it maps pretty much one-to-one. It's a pretty tight fit. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's a good that's a good pick from both of us, I got to say. Yeah. And that, right. that was my only monster baby. So that's the only horrifying one that I could think of. Right on. So I guess I'm back up. Yeah. And also... I, I will say, you know, you, you gave a shout out to Leah there. I will mm-hmm. give her credit where it's due. I had my list half full and I said, we we're sitting there. She was feeding our baby. And I said, top five <laughs> today is babies and games. What do you got? And the first thing she said was, well, there's that baby and Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, you can't, you just can't shake it. That's nope. uh, honestly one of the first few I thought of too. All right. So my number two and this uh this is going to harken back to a beat tweet from earlier from, I believe it was Muddy River Matt Waters 68. <laughs> I never know which one in what order, so I say them all together. Uh, there was a giant baby, the Titanic toddler. And you get it on screen, and it's this massive, massive baby. It's supposed to be like 40 feet tall. It spins in a circle holding its bottle, squirting milk. And you've got to uh, you got to shoot it with your water pistols a whole goddamn bunch. That For a long time... That was as far into the game as I could get. I would go in there and just get absolutely shit stomped by this toddler every single time. But that's a big old, that's a big old baby. I'm sorry, I missed it. What game is this from? Uh, did I not say it? Zombies ate my neighbors. Okay, because you said I, maybe you didn't say the name, but you said Muddy River. Muddy River beat Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run, so I was like, 
what oh. the hell happens in Ken Griffey Jr.'s winning run that there's a gigantic Titanic monster baby? That is true. Who? Oh, oh nope. It was Hungry Bill. Hungry Bill. <laughs> Correction. I was rewriting my understanding of Ken Griffey's baseball in real time. That's my bad. I was uh, scrolling through the beat tweets on one screen and my list on the other and crossed streams, but I knew it was somebody handsome, so you got to give me credit. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's a, a good-looking chap all the same. I can get down. That makes me want to play Zombies Ate My Neighbor all the more. At some point, yeah. I'll get around to that game. Yeah, and the <sighs> same baby is also in King Griffey Jr.'s winning run, so. Oh, <laughs> Unlockable. Yeah. Stat, stats are all max. Is it the Bo Jackson of Ken Griffey Jr.? Oh, yeah. Bats clean up. Just a fucking monster. <laughs> just cracking 450 yards on every hit. <laughs> yards. Nice. Yards. Yeah, yards, not feet. All right. My number one, buddy. This is the ultimate babies, I think. Because it's man babies. Yakuza like a dragon. There is a group. Uh, you. you in the game, you're wandering, you know, it's a town, you're wandering around Kamurocho, or I forget which the name of the town is, but you're wandering around this Japanese city, you can go into restaurants, you can go into bars, and at some point you wander into a nursery, and you go in there, and there's this very dominating woman who is overseeing five or six fully grown men in their 40s and 50s in diapers and as you talk to them you learn that they've got a kink where they want to pretend Mm. like they're babies in a nursery and just basically be like fed bottle fed and have their diapers changed by this woman and then you get those guys as a summon to use in the battle in the game (laughs) so the, the summons in the game you just call people on your cell phone at any time in the game you can call these baby men and they will come charging in and beat up the enemy that you're fighting. It's incredible. Wow. That is fucking what weird. Yeah. Yakuza's got a long history of babies. I got to give a shout out. Yakuza 6. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a famous scene where you play football, where someone plays football with a baby. Like they literally do like a da bomb, go deep, long <laughs> toss to, to throw a baby over a bunch of like men trying to kidnap the child it's 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 something else insane i love it i'm so behind on the yakuza's i need to i played one and then i saw that i had like eight more to go but i was like so much yakuza one day ah all right number one maybe the the most feared baby of all time babies perhaps and that's baby metroid (sighs) what a bitch those things you know it's funny about the little metroids uh when you first play the old school you know metroid the first one on the nes or even if you play the one on the game boy when you first see those things they're they're scary as hell like Mm. they're so imposing on screen and obviously when they get a hold of your head it's not fun you know those games aren't like dead space they can't like scare you kind of in the same way but that was as close as i could get back in the day of being like "Ah, ah, get off me get off me god turn off the tv terrifying Ben, you got. I would love to just sit down and talk to you for about an hour about this. There's some real baby trauma kicking around inside your head. <laughs> I don't know what they did to you. You know, I, I can kind of sympathize. I can kind of relate. But, like, <laughs> you got some stuff to work through. This Come baby on. hatred that you've got going on. I love There's a babies. lot of babies out there that you don't have to run from or kill in video games. 
I, that's true. That's true. You know, I was thinking about like you know your baby Mario's and stuff, but I haven't played the pro- the game that introduced them, so I didn't want to include mm-hmm. them. And then once I realized I had a theme going, I was like, "Fuck it, what other scary babies are there?" Yeah. And we All found right. them. All right. All right. Well, that's a good. That's uh, a good one, buddy. It's a good one. So my final one. Yeah. 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 I thought All you right. were about. I thought you were just. Oh, is that setting you up for tantalizing it? No, I, I was me. confirming because yeah. I. Again, I got my brain's all fog. You got to you got to keep me on the tracks, my man. <laughs> I actually considered doing the Yoshi's Island, but I figured if I mentioned that crying baby from Yoshi's Island would get run out of Podcastsville, people hate that baby. They don't like it. There's yeah. literally, you know, I learned from SNES drunk that there's a ROM hack to just take out the crying baby and leave the rest of the game in. So there you go. Hey, not a bad move. Yeah, my number one though, kind of, you know, maybe a safe pick, but it's classic baby game. We got Rugrats: The Search for Reptar. This is a game I rented all the time, specifically because, but there's a hype ass mini golf game inside of this. Oh, you'd find game. it. Yeah, line me up, dude. Rugrats and mini golf. Line me up a match made in heaven. So I used to rent that and just play the mini golf game. I don't even know what the rest of the game looks like. I just churned through that mini golf course over and over and over again. Babies playing mini golf. I'm in. I'm in. What was that? Was that on PlayStation? Yeah. I, th- I don't know. There's also one on N64. I can't remember if that's the same game or a different one. But. That's the one about Paris, right? Maybe there's two on N64. There might be. You, you're the one with the nearly complete N64 collection. I should be asking you. There's so much fucking Rugrats. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I haven't played a Rugrats game. But I see that this one is in 3D and actually looks decent. So this Is, is this a decent game? You're telling me it's it, published by THQ? Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's no Vanquish. But sure. it's it's certainly good, uh, for what it is. Fun fun enough. You'd 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 enjoy it. You'd you'd Wow. It's also, you know, an acceptable length of a beat. So next time you're looking to knock one onto the beat list, you know, give Rugrat Search for Reptar a try. Dude, I tell you what, the the folks that were involved in reg, uh, r- 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 <laughs> rag ruts, what was that what the hell is wrong <laughs> with me? Rugrat Search for Reptar, uh they they have quite quite the uh, gameography, because then they, they got Duke Nukem Time to Kill. They got Geist. <laughs> Geist, Geist. Probably Geist. Uh, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, The Force <laughs> Unleashed. Uh, but also, right in the middle of all of it, they got like Mary-Kate and Ashley games. They got a Hannah Montana game. Like, it's just all over the map. They'll do whatever. And do well at it, apparently. <laughs> They're like way forward. They'll make the games they want, but then sometimes you just got to make a paycheck, all right? you just need <laughs> You just need some of that license money. Ah, that's incredible. I did not expect to see what a weird list of games they've developed. Holy shit. Do you, do you think there's two teams and they get incredibly bummed when like their buddy gets put on the Call of Duty <laughs> Modern Warfare team and they get assigned the Hannah Montana art assets? They're like, oh, what, what? how do I get transferred over to Force Unleashed, guys? Please, get me off this Please. Hannah Montana. I'm back on, they got a Jillian Michaels fitness adventure that came out on the Connect. Ah. <laughs> And they released that the same year they released Modern Warfare 3. I mean, just insane. Just an insane group of dudes and, and ladies just making in- incredibly diverse catalogs of games. Love it. It's so good. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. This is a f- another fun fact. In Space founders Eric Dyke and Sean Purcell met while working at General Electric, Electric Aerospace, now Lockheed Martin, to create advanced military simulators. Man. <laughs> They're working on that, and they both were like, son of a bitch. You ever watch Rugrats? <laughs> That's what I was <laughs> just thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there no good Rugrats games? we got to fix this. 
If you gotta, sometimes if you want it done right, you gotta do it yourself. Eric, <laughs> come on, let's do this. Oh, that's hilarious. All right, well, that's um, I think that's uh, a good list of good list of baby games. You know, it's fun. I don't, I like top fives like that because it makes you think of games to put on a list that you wouldn't normally lump together, and that was a fun angle. So, Mister Mullet, thank you for that inspiration. Yeah. Honestly, Blink, thank you for that inspiration. I'm glad you had a baby, so Mullet would then send the email that would then get us to have this conversation. So good job all around. High fives to everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's most, I would say that's about 60% of why we had the kid is to make for some good top fives and general <laughs> podcast discussion. So glad we, glad we, you know, juiced that orange. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it all the same. I'm glad everything's going well. It's so good to have you mm. back. Good to be back. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, folks want to know and you're tied up, you got stuff going on, but is the, is the Twitch channel... Are we or will we see that again anytime in the near future? Yeah, it depends on what you define as the near future. I don't know when, but I will I will be returning to Twitch in some capacity. It w- I don't know what the new schedule will look like. I don't know if it'll be the same as it was before, but at some point in the future, I'll I'll be popping back on. I got to say, my first stream back will definitely be a pickups. I don't know if this happened to you, but when you're up with a, a baby late mm-hmm. night, a lot of Dude, shopping. You, you, you get scrolling on that eBay. Mm-hmm. Some deals pop up, and you're like, "I'm the only one looking at eBay at two in the morning right now." I don't know why this guy listed this game for this price, but yes, please, man. I got I got this bug in me. I bought like I, I probably doubled my Dreamcast collection. Like something in my brain was like, "Dude, you need more Dreamcast games." And man, I have Viar, man, Viar. I have cleaned up on them. That's hilarious, man. I had the same thing actually, and I found a lot of really good deals because it was had my kid like right around Christmas of of that year, and I think it was that mixed with like most people kind of had already finished Christmas shopping. I don't know. I had like a weird way to rationalize how I was getting all these deals, but I was just up at night just fucking snagging. Yeah, just- I was I was literally <laughs> scooping. I was like, this is half of what it should go for. This is a third of what it should go. For. I, I had one instance. I bought some guy listed like four or five random lots of Dreamcast games. I bought two of them. The ones that I wanted the most, great mm. deals. Dude messages me and says, "Hey man, I lowered my price on the other three lots. If you want to buy those too." And so I was like, "All let's right, do it. let's go, man." <laughs> They'd been listed for five minutes. I, he's, he was so ready to sell them, and I was like, "That's great." I, I ain't saying no. He had just stolen those too. He was like, "I, I got to get rid of these fast." It's such a way. One man. I'm I'm happy to help. You know, blur those lines, <laughs> launder it down the chain. Yeah, whatever it takes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it here. Um, so, yeah. So that's been another Polykill podcast. You can find us on, well, we're on Twitter. We have accounts. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Trap Plays Games. Blink over there is at Blinkoom. You can find him on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Blinkoom uh, for when he comes back. And, uh, yeah. Hell, until next time. Peace. <laughs>